0: okay so this is session 10 of our smoke and snow campaign when last we left our heroes they were heading to the nightly tombs where the undead remnants of the solar order have been doing battle with the mutant hordes of the wizard Tacrit on witch isle but we're going to skip to a time slightly before then and we're going to Focus just a little bit on Leopold Stavish, the dwarven member of our party, who, as you may recall if you saw last session, had left the party to go and see if he could get some allies from the Frost Dwarves that they'd made an acquaintance with previously. Obviously, as a dwarf himself, it was decided he would be the best spokesperson. So, Leopold, you've travelled away from the rest of the party a bit fun farewells, etc you've travelled back past the site where you previously encountered the frost dwarves and as you start getting near to the same site you again see a slight wisp of campfire smoke rising in the distance you, as you get nearer you can hear the, the faint crackling of logs burning, and you can smell the the charring wood and you can hear the sort of Gruff of voices talking in the language that although you don't really speak. It you recognise as the sort of the weird version of Dwarven that these Frost Dwarves, as you've called them, use. And you know that just over the next rise is the campsite where you previously encountered them, and you can hear some more of them there. The day is has turned. It's been the weather's been quite poor, but it's now gone a little bit clear. So there's no snow or rain falling. The wind's fairly mild, but it is still very cold so as you're walking along your breath hisses out from you in voluminous clouds of white smoke what do you want to do
1: um so i've i've come looking for some reinforcements to perhaps assist us in our Indeed. explorations into the weirdness of the isle um quite the the um so-called frost dwarves didn't seem entirely um, dismissive. So um, it it's occurred to me: well, p- perhaps they they could be um, petitioned into uh, rallying into the to our to our flag. So as I see the smoke rising, I'm gonna. Descend upon their camp with as much joviality as I can muster, which is not a lot.
0: Okay, so as you walk over the, the slight rise, and it's only very slight sort of hills, you can see in this small recess sheltered from the, the wind, there is a, a small campfire burning. You know, there's, a, there's bits of meat on sticks, sort of at an angle around the fire cooking. Oh, nice. The, the, the smell's quite enticing as you get closer. You think it's maybe like a deer or something similar. Oh Do yeah,
1: you, I like a bit of venison. Yeah,
0: from what you can judge from this distance and the smell of it. And you can see maybe a dozen or so of these frost dwarfs sat around it in appearance as we've described previously. They're of similar stature to yourself. They're all wearing like quite heavy furs against the cold. They have very pale skin and most of their hair is white or blonde. As as they sort of see you coming down, you notice them sort of like scrambling to like pick up axes and stuff like that as they hear the sound of you like coming close. Yeah,
1: I'll call out to them. I'll call out, stand down, stand down. I have no fear. I I come in peace. Relax, sit back, sit back down and set your weapons aside. I'm Leopold. I come in peace.
0: They they still look a little bit uncertain, a little bit wary. You don't recognize any of these dwarves from the previous group you met. But oh, uh, yeah. sort of seeing that, like it's just the one of you on your own, and you, you, you're pretty similar in appearance to them. Yeah, that does relax them a little bit, and they they're sort of still a little bit wary, but they've like they've like lowered their weapons. They're not immediately like leap into like combat sort of stance.
1: Yeah, I will stop at a polite distance and uh, call out,
0: uh, uh, "May I join you by your fire?" One of the one of the dwarves like nods, and he like gestures with his axe like
1: okay i make sure i've got all my kind of like weaponry stowed away and i come i come in peace uh stride up to their fire and um
0: yeah so so it's it's sort of myself it's early morning now the still not fully daylight so but it's starting to get lighter as you get closer one of these dwarves Again, they don't really speak the same version of dwarven as you, but it's it's enough to make themselves understood. One of them says, uh, "You
2: are,
0: you uh, are, lu- you are lucky." The and he he, he like searches. He says, "The the dead roam these lands." Yes, yes. In the dark. Uh, yes. Um
1: uh...
0: That that's why I've that's why I'm here. Uh, sit. Certainly, gestures like a log next to the fire. Thank
1: you, thank you. Yeah, I'll sit. Um, I am Leopold. I I come with a company. Uh, we seek. Uh, um, we seek to stop the walking. Uh, walking spirits, uh, the restless spirits, the walking dead. Um, uh, c- could you
0: aid us? The, could the, you the, help? The, the dwarf has been doing most of the speaking. Looks thoughtful, and he, you know, snags one of these sticks with lots like some meat on it. He bites off a chunk, chews it for a few moments, and then he says, "We, we go to, we go to fight at the, at the mound." with our brothers. There is a there is an attack there, the and he, he struggles the word the uh the warlock Tacrit is there with his creatures. We go to help our brothers
1: hmm Hmm Um I see. My companions. Head for the tombs. Do you know of the tombs? The
0: the. The, the sun night tombs.
1: Yes, to the to the the south, the 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 south east of the island. Yes, we know of them. Is this is? Are the tombs not? A place of power and um,
0: restless spirits. They—that th- is true. But the the dead—they also attack the the creatures that uh, besiege the barrow. And the the wizard seeks the the stone and we we cannot let him take it
1: hmm is this to the west yes the uh, the, the great stone the chaos stone
0: I, he nods mm. and he says uh, between the two the two mounds yes we are we are returning from there, we are, We'd been sent out to, to scout, to, to see the stone, but there were too many of the, the warlocks, creatures around it, and we, we would not be able to take it on our own. Hmm. And, and, and where have you journeyed from? We, we came from the, the barrow we traveled to the stone and now we travel back to the barrow. We have we have stopped here to to eat and to rest for a while then we will continue north to the barrow and we will join our brothers in the fight. Hmm. At which point uh, a conversation breaks out between a couple of the other dwarfs and Again, you, you you get the feeling like this—the one you're talking to—is trying to sort of like keep his words simple and not use like colloquialisms, so he can be yeah, more yeah. easily understood. Whereas you're having a bit more trouble picking up what these other two frost dwarves are saying. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you get the vague idea that basically they're sort of they're having a discussion, mate. You know whether they can spare any men to go with you, and they're sort of like, oh yeah, we, we really could do like taking all of our men north, but you know if something is going down at these tombs. It might not be a bad idea for us to know what it is, so there's a there's a bit of a debate going on amongst the other dwarves, apart from the one who's talking to you about you know whether they could spare any man and if so, how many of them
1: so how many of them were there John?
0: There are about twelve of them oh yeah, that's what I
1: thought it does, yeah uh, okay, and do I think they're going to this this ancient Senna tomb that's place correct. yeah yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't really want to upset that mission too much.
0: Um. After a while, the, the dwarf who's been talking to you says, uh, "We may be able to send some of our people with you, but it, it will not be many. We need as many people as possible at the the mound." And at this point, I'm going to ask you, can you please roll me a D six? And you can add your charisma modified to it, if it's a positive number. And you can also add an additional plus one to it, because you are a dwarf. Okay. A d6. Indeed. I don't
1: know if that's good. So it's plus one.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. So, after a bit of discussion, they agree to send six of their men Ooh, nice. with you. They say, obviously, if they're not needed there, they will have to head north to join their brothers. But they'll at least, they'll at least go with you to make sure you get safely to the, the knight's tombs. And also to like basically get a bit of a look to see what's going on.
1: Yeah, I, 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 explain, I, I don't fully know what my companion's plan, but we want to try and get some normality restored to this isle and um, push back against this, this uh, craziness that's going on, so... We appreciate the uh the assistance and um, I'll do my utmost to see that you uh, return safely to your brethren at the uh conclusion of our mission.
0: Okay, you are given by the dwarves out of like the meat they've got there, you are given like a day's rations. Okay. basically for the journey and like six of them will go with you. And the conversation carries on for a bit and then obviously you you make your excuses, you head off with these six frost doors. So, so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump to the Witch Isle ruins where your companions are. And obviously this is a little bit forward in time because you're sort of travelling and your scene took place earlier on in the day. Okay, so you probably can't see anything on this at the minute, uh, Colin because you're not actually there yet but what I'm going to ask you to do is can you please roll me a d6 I'll
1: roll this in and then I'll just have to go and shut the window because there's some sort
0: of draft blowing <laughs> that's fine so basically after sort of four rounds or like four if if the players don't get into combat after us, I'll sort of judge when you turn up. But you're sort of going to turn up at the top of the map with your like reinforcements. I've got you there okay. ready to go. Obviously, you're just not there. because you're travelling across there. Okay, so the rest of your companions. So that's brother. That's brother. Um, his name's going to Lomas. Out. Brother Lomas. That's him. I apologise. <laughs> uh, Malcolm and Weimar, and of course Zorn the. The mutant that you recruited last time. You have traveled, as we discussed at the end of last session, to the nightly tombs, the last resting place of many of the Solar Order who were put to death wrongly and, as you know from previous visits, rise during the hours of darkness to and summon the dead to them. As you head into the the area that some of you have visited before, some of you have not. You can see a smattering of ancient stone ruins lying around. As you get nearer, you can hear the sounds of shouting, the sounds of metal ringing on metal, the sound of wood splintering, and the clack of bones. Standing in the middle of an open clearing in front of you is what appears to be a skeletal figure ...wearing full metal armour and the ragged remnants of furs wielding a long sword. There is bright white light shining from the skeletal figure... ...casting an eerie glow on the surrounding scenes. The skeletal figure has several of the undead around it... ...and you can see they are surrounded by the ravening hordes of Takret's mutants and there is a massive melee going on. Obviously I'm not going to keep moving all the tokens around, but basically there's a huge swirling melee going on in front of you. I say, you can hear the shouts of people that are injured, obviously the undead don't make any sounds, but you can hear the mutants shouting and screaming. You can hear the dull thuds of their clubs, like smashing onto ancient bone. You can hear them screaming as they're stabbed by the undead themselves. And from where you're standing on a slight sort of raise, you can see, although, The undead, and certainly their leader, the central figure casting out this white light, are sort of fighting quite well. They're vastly outnumbered, and you can see that they've obviously pulled back, so now there's just like a thin circle of undead surrounding this central figure, and the mutants are basically closing in on them. What do you guys want to do?
3: Um, I'd like to speak to Zorn. Is it Zorn?
0: Yes, it is indeed. Yeah.
3: Um, do you know any of these? Uh, uh, any of these your companions?
0: Do you know is any it, of these? He says, "Yeah, yes, I I know them. These are th- these are my people. As as I was, and he, and he again he sort of like touches the the place on his chest where he had the the school tattoo before it was sliced in half by uh, Malcolm. He says, like myself, they." they are bound to to the will of tacrit he if he orders us to fight we fight
3: so you don't think there's any way of persuading them to
0: call off the attack not not while they bear the mark of tacrit's master it it compels us to their will the only i i believe although i i as i say i do not know much of this i believe the only reason i was able to to break free of it was because uh, your companion and he gestures at Malcolm damaged the the mark on me enough for me to to regain my senses
3: okay well I'll turn to uh, Malcolm and Weimar, and uh, I say I think our only hope is to um, join forces with this this great skeletal warrior to you know go back to the tomb to try and uh, take on this sorcerer so I think we need to aid him and try and become an ally.
0: So since you guys have been sort of chatting for a bit, I'm going to ask: uh, Can Malcolm? Can you please roll me a D4? And Brother Lomas, can you please roll me a D8? And this is just to like, see how the sort of ebb and flow of the battles going. So obviously you guys have been sort of stood there talking for a bit, and it's very quick and sort of chaotic. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay. Right. So that roll is? Yeah. Yeah. This one.
2: Yep. Okay.
0: Sorry, just Okay. So, like I said, I'm not going to move all the tokens, but as you're watching, the the mutants swarm the undead that are fighting in the middle, and most of them, with the exception of the central figure, are sort of torn down to the ground by the blows of these mutants. As they do this, a couple of the mutants fall to the undead swords as they're fighting, but their vast numbers comparatively soon start to tell. And pretty soon sort of as you're sort of talking, the only undead that is left is the the central figure who's being sort of swarmed by these mutants.
2: Okay. Uh, Okay. So I think we should do something. Um, So I am going to run to here, and I'm going to try and shoot this uh, mutant.
0: Okay. Well, then they don't know you. So yeah, that you've pinged it lovely jubbly. Okay. So. Yeah, they're not expecting you to be there. They don't know you're there. So, effectively, this will be, like, your surprise round before, like, you get into actual combat, if that's what you wish to do. So, make your attack roll. Do
3: you want us all to move, John, or should we just...
0: Yeah, you can all feel free to move where you want to. Yeah, okay. So, like I said, this is your surprise round. Okay, so you have hit... That mutant, and you have killed it. So describe how you take it out.
2: So I guess it's just kind of um it's kind of it kind of heard something I was kind of looking around, and as it looked around, the arrow came straight through and kind of caught it in the eye and kind of knocked it on its ass.
0: Indeed, that's what happens, and in the sort of grand old tradition of fantasy films, everywhere, as it turns around, you hit it dead in the eye with this arrow and it staggers over backwards, like and falls to the ground in the snow. Uh,
3: the uh, movement rate, John, yep. is, at 24? is that 24. Is that OV? Is that? Uh, no, that's not it. Where is it? Uh, it is.
0: Your encounter movement rate is 40. Oh, it's 40. And at
3: least five foot. Yes. No, yeah. 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 Okay. What I'm going to try and do is uh, run past Malcolm so I'm sort of coming from a westward direction yeah that's absolutely fine
0: and as I say if you um, if you use your measuring sort of tool and while you've still got the measurement out if you just press space it'll move you to wherever like you measured to so
3: 40 oh oh no there's a wall there though. is that a gap in the wall or is that not a...
0: there is a gap in the wall yeah
3: all right, it seemed to uh, come up with an error saying there's a wall it, in the It way. may
0: just be the angle you're at, so I'll move you there, don't worry about it. Okay. Okay, Sorry. there we go. You run into the darkness.
3: All right, and as I'm running, um, I'm going to shout out, We've got them surrounded! Move in, move in! Engage! And try and sort of throw them out that you know, might distract them enough to cool some heat off of the uh, the big guy in the middle. Okay. As we come from different directions. You
0: do hear some sort of shouts from the outlying mutants, as they've heard you shouting. They're sort of looking around, trying to see what fresh threat is now menacing them. Okay. Why, more, What about yourself? Uh...
4: Okay, that's interesting. Um, I don't see, seem to have vision attached to myself.
0: Are you carrying a torch or anything? Cause
4: oh, yeah, that's probably... Um, uh, I, can, I can get that going.
0: I think, yeah, I still have one torch. Okay, left. that's not a problem. I'm add that on for you. Just give us a second. Yep. You should actually be emitting light anyway, according to this.
4: Yeah, currently, oh, oh there we go. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, what I was seeing previously was just Brother Lomas's. Light. Ah, right, okay. Like, if from the token of, for Lomas. Okay. Um... Well, there's nothing for it. Um, these are all the sort of mutants that we saw previously, correct?
0: That's, co- that's correct, yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Hmm. Uh, John, what's the wall around here? Is, is it? A, it's is just it like, an actual wall? yeah? It's, it's
0: just like stuck, crumbling a crumbling stone wall. Yeah. Mm. You, you know, inside from your previous visits, are it's where like the tombs were for the undead knights. But as you're yeah. sort of like looking like
4: here mm-hmm.
0: and here, you can actually see the the remnants of two of the undead knights now actually dead, lying on the floor. And obviously, there's other like generic undead scattered around, mm-hmm. and like dead mutants and whatever. But if you see a skeleton on the ground, it's effectively one of the fallen knights. I've not put all the bodies on there because the map would be ridiculous.
4: Oh! Oh! oh I jumped into the void. Oh no! <laughs> Bye. Um. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess what we're gonna do is. We're gonna well actually yeah, well okay, yeah. So I'll I'll step a little bit closer. And um uh, Have they noticed us at all yet?
0: They've not noticed you yet because this is a obviously you're effectively moving simultaneously with Brother Lomas yeah. and the attack from Malcolm. So obviously with the with the mutant having been like ah, as he's fallen over, that there will know next round someone's attacking, but this is your surprise round, so they've not seen right. you. Right
4: yeah so I'm going to shoot this one Um, so again the same kind of deal with Malcolm and uh, hopefully uh, we can sustain that he has his his torch on a sling uh, at his uh, belt which is dangerous of course in the long term (laughs) but yeah um, we're going to give that one a a go for it. And longboard there we go. Missile. Eleven.
0: Okay, let me just check this cheeky choppy. Okay, so that hits because he's a minion. Mm. So he, he's basically in the process of turning round, going, yeah. "We're under a
4: trap." Yeah. Yep. Good times.
0: And he collapses into the snow, dead. Uh, as you're doing this, you and only you, in your head, hear a a slightly faint but sort of like almost like in awe voice go. Um, my, my God,
4: it's it, it's the bride. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say the what? <laughs> you, you
0: hear the you hear the voice of your sword say uh, the, the 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 figure up there. It's the it, it's the the bride of the shining one, and the voice sounds like it's entirely in awe as it
4: says that. Good, wonderful. <laughs> I say
0: okay. So, has everyone who's here acted on that surprise round? Splendido. In which case, uh, can I just move Zorn up beside me? Oh, yeah, yeah, for free. Uh, actually, can I actually can't control. Uh...
2: Uh, it's not seem to move. Um,
0: OK, let no, me just have a look then. Zone. Configure permissions. OK, give it a go now. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, so this this sort of twisted mutant lopes alongside you through the snow. Okay, so we've effectively got one round before um, Leopold's going to turn up with his like dwarven posse. So I've handily already got most of you set up on uh, on the combat thing, so let's begin a combat. the initiative, because it always goes a bit weird when you first do it. Okay, so it's going to be the mutants going first. So, again, can you roll, can one of you, um, Weimar, can you roll me a d8? Six. Okay, so the the skeletal figure, the only undead still fighting, is taking a bit of a beating. It doesn't appear to be like doing any major damage, but basically this creature is surrounded by these mutants all just like wailing on it, and the, the undead knight at the centre, the bride as your sword referred to her, is sort of like parrying as many blows as it can with the sword and occasionally licking out and doing a wound, but... There are more of the mutants than there are of it, and their greater numbers are starting to to tell a little bit. Okay, just add that onto the combat tracker. There we go. Okay, so we come to Malcolm. What do you want to do? Uh.
2: I want to shoot this guy here. The mutant.
0: Okay, go for for it. it. Okay. Okay, you're you overestimate the distance, and your arrow flies past the mutant. Okay, why not?
4: Hmm Okay, shoot that one. Okay. So let me get let me update my arrow totals here while I remember it. So oh okay. Longbow, okay, good. And here we go. Praise Gale. Okay. Save that's that's what you get for calling out the wrong god. Yeah, we're the heretics now.
0: Indeed. So again, another arrow whistles past these mutants. Okay, so next it is Zorn. So, Malcolm, if you want to move Zorn, feel free. Okay. He's, he's I've got to admit, he's looking like he doesn't really relish the prospect of having to like wade in and tonk like a load of his own tribe, but uh, he, he seems to like appreciate saved his life. Yeah, he seems to appreciate the fact that like it, it may be necessary because they're under the control of like Tarkir. Uh, fourteen for
2: three points
0: of damage against that one. Yeah. Okay, so so as he runs in, this mutant turns around, hefting a huge crude club with, like a metal spike through it, and as he sort of goes in, at first he's like, "Brother, you know me. There, there is no need to fight." And this this mutant. Just like howls and hurls itself at him. At which point, Zorn just like grabs them, like pushes them to the ground, and basically like brains them with his own weapon. And you see, as he, as he sort of like looks up and he lets the body drop to the snow, you see like a look of sorrow on his reptilian face. But you see, he's like, he's sort of, although he's sad about it, he's his jaws set in grim resolve because he's is basically them or him at the moment. Okay, Brother Lomas. Okay, I'm going
3: to try and continue to move. Um,
0: Okay, if you have any troubles, let me know and I'll I'll move you.
3: I'm moving 15 foot to there. Oh, I can see them now. Okay. I should move a bit close up. Oh, there's still a bit of wall there. Okay, I've got. All right. Okay. So I've got five foot left, but I'll will stay there. Um. Oh, actually, I might as well go to the last. I can't really see properly, so. I shall start by um, just throwing my sling at this this guy here. Okay. As I sort of get to the edge of that wall, by the looks of it. Yep. Go for it. Um, I should decide what to do from
0: there Okay Okay so that's not enough to finish him off however the stone from your sling does hit him on the side of the head, he lets out a howl of pain and sort of like turns in your direction as he sees you sort of like lob the stone at him. Hey, cool. Okay. So I'm gonna make an attack for the the undead creature. Okay, so the undead creature, as it's parrying these blows, suddenly lunges forward with what any of you who are marshal will recognise as a, a skillful blow, and basically lunges forward and stabs a sword into the neck of this mutant here. The mutant barely has time to utter a cry and slides to the ground. Okay, so we go on to round, and it's at this point in time where that cheeky chappy Leopold and his group are going to arrive. So let me just make them visible. Apologies my computer's running a bit slowly as I said. And I'm going to add these onto the initiative. Okay, so you will get to. I'm going to re roll the initiative now, but you will effectively get an extra surprise round now, Colin. Because obviously, no one's expecting you to just like pole up with like a posse of dwarves.
1: Okie dokie.
0: Okay. So as you turn up, Leopold, you've got six of these frost dwarves with you. As you sort of look ahead of you, you can see this undead creature with these sort of almost like white sunburst of light emanating from it, fighting, clashing weapons with this horde of mutants. As you look in front of you, you can see Malcolm sort of like crouched down by the side of a building in a bow drawn and opposite him on the other side crouched down against some other building is Weimar also with his bow drawn you can't really see where Brother Lomas is okay. but you can see this horde of like mutants just swamping this like single undead knight for all intents and purposes, metal armour tattered furs, large sword, you can hear the clash of weapons and the, the screaming war cries and the sort of pained death cries of these mutants as you march up with this grim lot of dwarves
1: have my brothers in dwarfness how are they armed? How what's their fit out? Are they got some Okay ranged weapons?
0: They do not have ranged weapons, they're armed with like hammers and axes and stuff like that. Assorted melee weapons. As it should be. That's it. they although there's many there's many differences between obviously the the Kalna, the dwarves that your people are and these, there do seem to be some similarities. You here, a preference for melee weapons over range weapons, stuff like that. The, the love of strong drink, for example.
1: Okay. Well, I think we will form up into a, uh, a kind of a, a formation and uh, like a. Three wide, two deep kind of formation, and march on down.
0: Do do down me a favour. Click on one of the um the frost dwarves and see if you can move it.
1: Uh, oh, I don't think I
0: can. Okay, let me just have a look then. Let's see if I can set these so you can. Okay, if I've done this right, you should now be able to move the the frost oh, off
1: yeah. Off. oh yeah, it yeah, looks that way. So at uh, a thirty foot or twenty five foot move, they are thirty foot. It's a one, two, three, four, five, six. All oh, right. So okay, that's cool. We're gonna we're gonna rock up here. Okay. Maybe some pipes are playing some kind of unearthly kind of
0: well, it, it's probably Frost
1: dwarf pipe music.
0: It, it, it's probably not pipes, but in that sort of vague as they as they move forward, one of the dwarves at the back, like the one that's just in front of you, like pulls out what appears to be like a big like ram's horn or some sort of animal uh, horn and okay. he goes
1: Yeah. And
0: obviously Malcolm and Wymar used to look around at the sound and you see these like six sort of like white blue skins, white haired frost dwarves covered in furs all holding yeah. hammers, one of them's got a big horn marching up and you can see Leopold sort of like behind them as they're all like like form up in like a solid rank and just start marching forwards until they're level with you do you say anything to your comrades as you're marching forward Leopold as you can like so you can see Malcolm and uh, Weimar?
1: i just say, our friends are here. They've come to bolster our number. They are stout folk. You can rely upon them, I feel sure.
0: Okay. So, with that done, we're on to the next round. So, Leopold, would you like to move the frost dwarves? You're muted, Leopold, if you're talking to us. What's the, sto- <laughs> what's the story with this Zorn fella? You you don't know you 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 know nothing about him. As far as you're aware, My- it's just another scurty mutant.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna consult with Weimar before I order. Okay, so w- Weimar, what- what's the story with this? What is it, That fellow over there. He's most, also
4: importantly, most importantly, at the moment, the story is that uh, these minions of Chakrit are, are their enemies. So. Protect the skeleton. It's to do with history, which we don't have time for currently
0: and yeah Wimar is quite right because obviously you're having these snatches of conversation and as you're doing this you can hear like the battle ringing out there's the, there's arrows being fired there's mutants screaming either in their death throes or shouting out in their hatred as the rain blows down on this skeletal figure who doesn't make any noise whatsoever aside from the like snickering of the blade as it's flashing out like these mutants
1: so pull. so the arrows are flying from this group in the centre
0: out towards... No, I was referring to, like, Weimar and uh, Malcolm oh. like, shooting arrows. Because um, obviously this is sort of happening sort of around, all in the space for a few seconds while they're doing their stuff. Um, the mutants seem mainly to be on with like, crude clubs, axes, stuff like that. And they're literally just, like, wellying into this, like skeletal figure, which appears to be a lot greatly superior in terms of combat skill to them, and is, like, parrying blows left and right, and occasionally just, like, jabbing out with his sword. But there's only one of this creature and the mutants have got the numbers and they're all sort of slowly closing in you can see a number of what look to be other and dad lying around on the floor already bearing the marks of having been slain by these mutants sort of like huge crushing blows that have been landed on them so at
1: this point i don't really know whether we should be rescuing this guy or not uh... If in you, doubt, you would have
2: heard us calling out to save the
0: skeleton.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If in doubt, we shall
0: advance. So. Three, and if six. if you want to make it easy, you should be able to like, click and drag to like select all of the the dwarves, and you can like just move them all at once if you want. Like a movement tray. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So the frost dwarves march forward. <laughs> that is there, okay. So
1: marching, okay. And Leopold dashes over it and he's gonna try and get a sh- oh,
0: Actually, oh, hold a sh- up, sh- set, Leopold. It's not your go yet. Oh, in it? Oh, easy. Wait, wait, tiger. easy. It, it does you credit, my dwarven friend trying to get into the battle straight away, but uh, yeah, okay. So, w- what I'm gonna ask now is, Ain't no uh, kitchener. I'm gonna have. Since you guys haven't really told like the Frost Dwarves to like not attack the n- to not attack Zorn, the one who's nearest to him is just gonna try and batter him because he's like I was a mutant right next to him, like. Pfft. So I will make a roll for him. ooh it's not anymore, is it? Not? So let me just check Zorn's stats. That might be very bad for him. No, it's five only, John. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So ju- it looks like Zorn's just sort of like turning around, almost as so though he's going to say something to like you guys, and then this Frostwolf just like, die, mutant scum! Like, oh, and like smashes him full bore in the face with like his hammer, and Zorn like smacks into the the stone wall behind and slides down it. and lies very still. Okay, so Malcolm, it's your go.
2: Okay, uh... So I want to move up to here. (laughs) Uh, And I would like to shoot one disminion here. Okay, go for it.
0: Okay, describe how you. It was this one, wasn't it? Yes, please. Describe how you take him down. I guess it's kind of a. Uh, it's, it's leaning in to make its attack,
2: and it just kind of. Arrow just comes into the back of its neck and kind of appears out the front.
0: Indeed. Uh, and that's what happens. And as it sort of falls forward, the skeletal figure just like kicks it with its boot and it topples over. Okay. So, why more? Uh...
4: Right. Well, I guess we're going in.
0: <laughs> I, I like think that'd be like a that'd be sort of why Mars like
4: motto. I guess I guess we're going in. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess we're going yeah, in. That, that's the sort of like the archer motto, because he's an archer yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. So he doesn't get a lot of the, like, hopefully he doesn't get a lot of the sort of melee action, and when it does it's like, fuck it. <laughs> I guess we're going in. Um, but <laughs> then he spots targets as we advance, so there's a mutant there, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. So we're gonna shoot lebeau Oh, there we go. Unless it's a boss mutant, it is most
0: definitely not a boss mutant. So, describe how you fell this warped and twisted creature with your longbow shot.
4: Well, I'm going forward with the uh, with the dwarves, uh, trying to match their pace. I, I so let them go a little bit. It's not bit. difficult. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but I, I let them go a little bit faster than like they they they're at the front. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. So, I'm tailing them a little bit, and uh, I noticed there's something going on with uh, with Zorn that uh, I entirely missed. But then uh, I, I picked up this guy as I was trying to see like what's going on, and uh, it's, it's just sort of like a shot of opportunities. It's like, okay, we're going I'm about to switch to the sun sword, and then wait, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a drive-by, really. Okay. So, uh,
1: next... is you can't
0: can't can't pass by a drive-by. That's what I say. Okay. So next, it is the mutants. So this one here is going to move over to Brother Lomas. Has just thrown the the sling at it. This one's going to go towards Malcolm to attack. Well, that's what that one's dead,
4: right? Oh, sorry, I took off one
0: from down here. I think you were talking for
4: you should Oh yeah no up. I was I was talking about this guy cuz oh, that, yeah, that was okay. that's, that was that's one that I I'll, I'll remove that and I'll drop um yeah I'll drop another one back in the middle that's yeah. fine cuz I didn't see that before but when I came down I was like what well
0: <laughs> okay so these mutants are going to stay in the combat because they're obviously already in a combat um, I'm going to have these two sort of move forward to attack and since they've got five targets in front of them I'm obviously three dwarves, Malcolm and Weimar. I'm going to sort of roll randomly to see who they get, basically. From left to right, one to five, and I'll reroll if it's a six. So the first one... Okay, so the first one's going for Malcolm. And the second one... is also going for Malcolm.
4: Okay. Oh, don't hit. It should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate
0: defense. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna do the one that's attacking Brother Lomas first. <laughs> okay, so he runs in, Brother Lomas, to like try and get at you. However, perhaps your like your amazing slingshot gave him like a minor concussion or something, because as he runs in, he like steps on like a pe- like a big pile of slush one of his legs like flies out from under him he basically like slides forward like at your feet rather than like running in and attacking you so you 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 will get a plus two to any attack roll you make on oh, your sweet. turn so obviously remember that because I will forget it yep okay cool. so I'm, I'm going to do the two like little minions attacking uh, Malcolm so numero uno ouch Comes in with a big 16 and it clubs you for four hit points of damage. This crude wooden club smashing into the side of your head. Okay, the second one. Luckily for you, entirely misses. Perhaps as you're reeling back, so like your ears ringing from the blow of the first, his. Sort of like hammer swings through the space where your head was a few moments ago but he misses you ok so that's pretty much all of the mutants done so now we have the undead creature So the undead creature kills a couple of the mutants so like swinging its sword in a wide arc. We then have Brother Lomas. Like, say, you've literally just seen this mutant, like, run in, like, and then trip over and be like, and slide on the snow at your feet. And is now obviously trying to scramble to its feet.
3: Yeah, so I, um, I quickly uh, swapped to my staff, my sturdy staff. Indeed. Um...
0: Like I say, you get a plus two.
3: Can I apply that, or do I just...
0: When you do the roll, when the box comes up, it there's like a modifier box.
3: Oh, sorry. I've already rolled it.
0: Or, or you can just add it on, it's fine. So that would get you 13, which is just enough to hit it. Ooh. That's that's literally the exact number you need to hit it. So you've done it, because this like, isn't a minion one... So you've done it one hit point of damage, so it's still not enough to kill it. So as you sort of come in with your club ready to like bring the hammer down, it sort of like rolls out of the way and starts scrambling to its feet, and you only catch it a glancing blow on the side of its shoulder. Ah. But you are sort of whittling it down. I curse it. Okay, and last, but by I no think- means the least, Leopold, the people's champion.
1: Okay. Um, can I get myself positioned... Mm. To... Mm. there's some trees or something in the way I, I wanted to try and shoot at a guy that's so there's two fellas
0: two, yeah, two now, um, now they they are in combat so you will be shooting into uh, combat which you uh, can do but obviously the result is somewhat randomised no
1: I'll end up just killing Malcolm
0: However, like what would normally happen is if you just if you moved and shot, you'd roll a D6. On a one to four, you'd hit one of the mutants. On a five to six you'd hit Malcolm. If you spend your entire turn aiming, then on a one to five you'll hit a mutant and you'll only hit Malcolm on a six. So if you do no movement you just shoot. Oh, but obviously is there is not. there is still a one in six chance you'll hit Malcolm. I just know i'm gonna hit malcolm <laughs> so i'm gonna um, yeah, and to be fair as you look across and you're like oh could i do it you see like malcolm's looking quite badly injured
1: yeah I'm, so you're I like oh, to-
0: want one shot if he like gets in the way of my shot could be
1: no for him. no 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 so uh i need to try and get down here so i've got 30 for movement i'm gonna go one two three four if I if I book it down now I've got sixty foot and I say so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I'm I'm like sprinting down down here. So I'm behind Malcolm. Okay. Can I Well, I can't really do a lot, but I'm there so that uh And I'm encouraging him to like I, I, yeah. See I ain't really got an action But I'm, I'm trying to get him out of that I'm trying to get him out of there I don't know how that would work Yeah the, I've,
0: the, there's no real action for like dragging him out And you've pretty much spent your entire action running Yeah forwards. exactly
1: I've just come running down here to kind of
0: try and However it does mean Technically on like Malcolm's go He can like pretty much like step back past you So he could like take cover behind you if he wanted to Yeah So you can still do that and speak. Yeah, so
1: I'm just trying to strategically position myself. Indeed. So we move on to to relieve him from his
0: his woes.
1: Yeah, his woes.
0: So we move on (laughs) to the next round. So it is the Frost Dwarves. Obviously, Leopold, you're in charge of those,
1: right? They will. uh... Hmm. Okay. So this one will lap round, invoking the Warhammer Fantasy Battle rules. Not nice. lapping round. Um one two he will also lap round. Okay. Attack him from the rear. Get that rear attack bonus. These will whoosh, come down there. Rawr! They're amongst them. And he will
0: uh... Again you hear the <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the dwarven
1: and uh, can uh oh this guy's not doing anything oh
0: shit uh, are we obviously well, you, you can move through friendly like counters. oh
1: so. right yeah boom there you go
0: okay so do you want to make the attacks for them you should just be able to like double click on their their token and it'll bring up like their sheet and it'll have like something oh, yeah. that says weapon and you can just roll it like you would do for your own weapon oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh so but you can use the same sheet for all of them, they've all got the same stats. So how do I say so the one by um hold oh, no. on? So if, if if you just basically ping the one you want to attack,
1: yeah. So board, this dude. Yeah?
0: Yep. Yeah. He is gonna attack. Okay, and he's attacking the one to the south of him, is he? Yeah. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay, and damage, it's, a adding gonna, insult to injury. it's a swing and a miss, unfortunately. But you still this one? It. Okay.
1: going to attack the one in front of Mal- Malcolm. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's
0: enough. Unfortunately, it isn't. So, on to, ah. your, on to your next one. You've got another two who could potentially this attack one? the same mutant. Yeah, He's going to attack that, one, dude. Come on! Yeah! Ugh. Yeah, I think we can say, well, they're a minion, they've only got one hit point. Ah, so. oh, okay. And, right. it is, and it's a 20 anyway, so, yeah, so right. between them, the dwarves are able to, like, hammer down that mutant that's in front of Malcolm. So hey. we now have the two who are sort of in the main melee at the bottom. Uh. So this dude
1: is going to tap behind him. He's going to do like a backswing with his hammer and take out that one that's threatening my um, stressed out companion. Go for it. My hard. uh... Oh, is that enough? It was a 14.
0: It is indeed. Hey. Another wish. of the mutants is felled by your frost dwarf allies. And then
1: the last couple of dudes. This one. Attack the fella to the south. Boom. Boom. Oh, lame. Lame, lame. Oh, it would swing, be, it? It, swing in a mess, I'm afraid, so you've got one, uh, one more left. And the last one. Attacking the guy to
0: the south. Oh. Again swinging a miss, I'm afraid. Okay, so that's the frost dwarf, so now it's Malcolm.
3: Okay. Um I shall continue my attack. So, sorry, it's
0: um it's Malcolm, Brother Lomas. Oh
3: sorry, Malcolm, sorry, sorry.
0: It's alright, don't worry about it. Everyone name in
2: confusion.
1: So Take a breather, Malcolm. Jeez. I'm gonna
2: come down here, and I'm gonna stick this guy in the back.
1: It's no stopping on Malcolm. Should have been, should have been taking a Hamlet moment there. Oh,
2: it's good. Oh, that's so bad.
3: That was me sneakily taking his, taking control of him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: relentless. This is relentless. You can't stop him. You can try and
0: rob his go... And it's not having it. Pointless, it's pointless. Luckily for you, as you sort of run in behind this mutant who's like scrambling to his feet, he's been quite badly sort of injured already by Brother Lomas. So just as he's getting to his feet, you basically run and like stab him through the back and finish him off. Nice. Because luckily, Brother Lomas had got him down to two hit points.
1: I softened him up for you.
0: Okay, so we go on to Weimar. What do you want
4: to do? Right. Well, let's see. Let's see how we do. We're gonna go there to start with. That's fifteen. Are there any noises from anywhere around? Or perhaps more battle. Make me a,
0: a listen at doors role.
4: I need to find myself a door first. <laughs> yeah, I think. Just that like, pause on out of the snow and like. It's like, oh, I, I have this like piece of door with me always, too. Um... I, I carry this reminder wherever I go. My, yeah. <laughs> my tragic backstory.
0: I, my father was killed by a door.
4: It's, it's, it's my father's door. Yeah,
0: my father once gave me this door. Uh, I, I think I'd become a door. Okay, so unfortunately, because of the, the noise of the battle going on, the shouting and the dwarves blowing horns and stuff like that, you you can't hear any like noises coming from outside that would give an indication of a larger force, but it's very difficult to hear anything with all the sound of battle around you.
4: Right, yeah. So I will uh, stow the longbow, pick up the torch, and uh, briefly uh, <laughs> pat down some of the fire that is set to my um, my trousers, and uh, draw the sun sword. Indeed, you draw the
0: sun sword, and you see the sort of like white fire flaming around it as it's drawn out. And the rest of you hear Yimar again in a voice that's not his own, be like, <laughs> "Yes, you do notice, however, as the sword sort of flares into light, you notice that as you draw it and it, like, along the length of the blade, the undead creature's, like, head immediately, like, snaps around to, like, look directly at you.
4: Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, I've, <laughs> I've shouted, <"Yes!"> And <laughs> then, then I calm down a bit, and I, I, uh, uh, get to fighting this one. Okay, if okay. we can... Diagonally is not a problem, right? That's absolutely fine. Not I I, I fight in melee so rarely with Weimar that I don't remember. Okay. Uh, let me get the sun sword here. And 14.
0: Okay. And, 15, it is, I guess. and it is a minion, so it has one hit point. So... As you draw this this flaming sun sword, and this mutant's like briefly taken aback as there's this flare of white light, you plunge the sword into its chest. There's a hissing, sizzling, burning flesh as the fire licks around it, and the mutant topples to the floor dead. Okay, so we go on to the mutants. So there's one of them attacking the, the frost dwarf. So there is a loud scream as one of the frost dwarves is killed by the mutant. He basically like smashes him in the throat with his club. The, ah. the scream's like choked off into like a. And the dwarf's legs buckle under him and he collapses into the snow, his face a I'm, bloody mess.
1: I'm not going to get my deposit back now.
0: <laughs> but, uh, let's do the other couple attacking the undead creature. And the second one. <clears throat> Okay, so perhaps sensing that the tide of battle has turned the two remaining mutants, knowing they've pretty much got nowhere to go because if they run they'll just be cut down sort of renew their efforts in attacking the undead creature and they deliver it, what to a mortal person would be some quite sort of severe wounds, but it's difficult to tell with this creature because it's all like bone and some armour and rags, but you can see the, you see the undead creature like stagger a bit under the the fury of these blows. However, it then gets to return its attack. Oh yes! Okay, the undead creature Sort of pushing back, cuts down two of these mutants with a long sweep Ugh. of its sword, leaving it just one remaining. Brother Lomas, you see, there's like a single sort of like lone mutant, like which obviously pretty much knows that the game's up, but like it can't do go it. anywhere, so it's just like trying to take do as much damage as it can before it goes down. As it's fighting, and it's obviously its clothes are like whipping around and in the wind. You, as its sort of furs fall apart, you catch a brief glimpse of the. The sort of score tattoo over its heart that you recognise from the now departed zone. Is it? Is there any chance of trying to target that as a like a cool shot of any description? Yeah, I'd I'd say you'd have like a minus two in your attack roll, but I'll, I'll basically say if you hit, you you've sort of like ruined the tattoo because it doesn't do much damage to like you've just got to break the skin basically. From what yeah, you see. I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna try and sort of poke it with the end of my staff, you know as hard as I can to try and break this seal um, so where's me it's a minus two sorry yep yep yeah.
0: oh no okay so you you aim rubbish for the, you aim for the tattoo but the the mutant manages to parry your blow
1: rubbish
0: okay, okay. Leopold right
1: Is it Leopold or is it the crew?
0: It's Leopold.
1: Okay. Um, hmm. Oh, I could come running down. I can come running down to it and launch myself at this fool. Go for it. Uh, Man, how does this work again? Dang, where's the weapons? Inventory. In your inventory. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Frost war axe.
0: Yeah. Boom. Okay, so describe how you come running in and you dispatch the final mutant.
1: I come, I come running in. Leopard comes. Whoa! Lomax! What was that? And he just comes. Whoa! jumps over, like puts, shoves Lomax out of the way, you know, and he swings his axe in and hits this mutant thing across, like, oh, just into the shoulder and just cleaves down into its
0: spinal cord. Indeed. And it drops. And the mutant does drop to the snow, staining it red. You wait for a few moments while catching your breath, but no more mutants appear to menace you. The frost dwarves are warily eyeing this undead creature, holding their weapons like they're not certain what's going to happen next. And what I'm going to suggest we do here, I know it's a bit early guys, but I'm going to suggest we have our five minute bio break here, which will give you a bit of a chance to think about what you want to do next. So we can all use the facilities, grab a drink, etc. We'll come back in five minutes and then we will continue with the scene.
1: Ba, da, ba, ba. Greetings Indeed Shall I bust out a few tunes John while we're waiting?
0: <laughs> nice Long as they're public domain tunes it's so good
3: The blues.
0: Yeah,
3: thought it'd gone quite well.
0: Musical accompaniment during the interval.
4: You're you listening go. to Witch Isle FM.
0: <laughs> <Indeed.
1: sighs>
0: okay, so we pick up where we left off. The the mutants have been defeated. the The frost dwarves are uneasy because there's a no dead creature still standing there, light beaming from it, still holding this sword stained with the blood of the mutants that have been slain. The The undead creature looks around, sword still in hand, as though surveying the area for its next target. What do you guys do? We're no longer in combat rounds, obviously. Um,
3: I'm happy to step forward towards the undead creature, and um, I shall put my weapon away. Yeah, same
4: sword, away it goes. Yeah, nice.
0: seeing you do that, the undead creature likewise scabbards its sword.
4: We need your help
3: to defeat the uh, sorcerer who tries to claim the
0: stone to the
3: northwest.
0: The, the undead creature turns its head towards you, and you see like pinpricks of like white light in its otherwise empty eye sockets, and seemingly from the air around it, a, a soft female voice says I'm afraid that I cannot leave this area
3: Is there anything you can tell us or any advice you can give us that may aid us in our uh, our quest
0: If you wish I can tell you about the stone That would certainly help In the in the ancient days, the, the forces of magic were chaotic, uncontrolled and caused great pain and suffering across the land. The, the most ancient of the sorcerers set these great stones, a number of them, throughout this land to bind the forces of magic to make it more orderly and more easily manageable so that they could do their great workings without inflicting great harm on the people. The the stones absorb magic and focus it. It is my belief that the the warlock who menaces the and she, she stops and then just like gestures toward, with a bony hand towards the dwarves, the frost dwarves it is my belief that the warlock will attempt to break the the stone and take it from this place to use its power however if the if the stone is destroyed the it will no longer be binding the forces of magic they will become chaotic and may flow freely across the lands as they once did in ancient times
3: Um, is there a way to um, give yourself peace? Can we free you from your seemingly curse in this area or this
0: place? Again, this female voice says, I believe there is one amongst you who could do that and her head turns to look directly at Wymore. That the person who wields my blade
3: And is, is this your wish?
0: I would rather go to my rest, knowing that this place is safe, but I have been here for so long, I would like to go to my rest. <coughs> Can
2: I jump in at this stage? Yeah and ask, uh, what can you tell us about Akpete the master of this necromancer
0: I, n- I know only what I have gleaned as I say I cannot leave this place but I've been sending those I've been drawing to me the the dead to, to roam the countryside and attempt to dispatch the the creatures belonging to the warlock I believe that his master is some powerful force of chaos which seeks to harness the the magic that has been absorbed by the stone to what ends i do not know but these these stones were set in place by the wisest of the ancient Senna as a a safety measure to prevent the, the great chaos and harm that the unfettered magics once caused so anyone seeking to, to break the stone down, to destroy it or remove it, would cause great harm in doing so. My only thought has been to prevent that from happening, but I am hampered by the fact that I cannot leave this place where myself and my companions and at this point she gestures to a number of the sort of fallen like bodies which look to be the remnants of the other undead knights that were once here. killed by the mutants before you arrive when we were so unjustly put to death here and were thus denied the the peace of our rest Do you believe that this uh, chaos
2: is connected to the smoking mirror or do you believe that it is an independent operator
0: It it is difficult for me to say the, the smoking mirror is one of the immortals who was corrupted by the force of chaos and now serves it but whether the, the master of the warlock serves it serves the smoking mirror directly or seeks to do so on their own initiative is beyond my knowledge okay and
2: what can you tell me of the judge
0: What is it you wish to know? Um,
2: I wish to be sure that he is not also corrupted by chaos and that the words that he spoke
0: to us were true. I do not believe that from what I know that the The Judge has been corrupted by Chaos, however the Judge was an immortal and is an immortal whose domains are the the times of darkness, of deceit and sorcery, so whilst the Judge may not be corrupted by Chaos, the Judge, like all of the Immortals, has its own agenda. Okay. I, I can tell you that in ancient days, the, when the, the Senna were at the height of their power and their magic was used to make the land safe, full, and abundant for all people, the judge rose to become the, the, the chief amongst the immortals who formed their pantheon, since s- sorcery, which is its domain, had become such a vital part. Of our way of life.
2: Okay. Um, and was he worshipped as a god, or was he? Did he walk among men
0: as an immortal? All of the immortals were, with the exception of the smoking mirror, were worshipped as gods. For that is essentially what they are.
2: And do you know, are they worship still?
0: There may be some primitive tribes who remained behind, who still hold to the ancient worship, but with most of the people having left Valconen hundreds of years ago, I believe the majority of their worship waned. In, in my time, the, the, the Knights of the Sun, like myself, we wished the immortal known as the the shining one i was given the title of the bride of the shining one when i led the order
2: um, and the great serpent and the flame god
0: were they also corrupted or are they to, to the best of my knowledge it was only the smoking mirror who was corrupted okay. Okay. And your knowledge of the
2: um the immortals, would you believe that they would return if they were worshipped?
0: I do not believe they ever truly went away, but there. I'm not a religious person. Uh, well, I am. I am. I am, of course, of faith, but I am not one who is made a great study of the immortals but it is my understanding that the ability of the immortals to affect our world is somehow related to the strength of belief in them so perhaps they have simply been quiet for a time Mm
2: -hmm. Um, uh, do you know in your time who would have been a great scholar of the immortals and where they may have left their works.
0: There there were a number of scholars um, there there may be some information in the in the Barrow to the north uh, or in other places along Valcona and it's been so long I I can barely recall but certainly in the the strongholds of my order we had those members who were more martially based like myself and those who were more academic and we we stored that information in our strongholds Mm. but it is difficult for me to in my current state to hold on to such information indeed
2: and and then would you like my friend to release you from your pain now or would you rather
0: see this necromancer slain first I I do, I no longer have, thanks to the the troops that he sent against me, I no longer have sufficient forces to to directly influence this matter. I have done what little I can with the, the resources at my disposal. I must place my she pauses for a moment. My faith in the descendants of those who betrayed us and she turns to look at the, the frost dwarfs. much as I would prefer otherwise if if you are willing i would gladly accept release now as i say i have done all i can do
3: you don't think that um she would be able to aid us by sending any more undead that would be raised from these sort of bodies and any others to the tomb or are they bound to this area as well
0: the the undead creature the bride looks at you and says when the when the hours of darkness fall I can raise these these bodies and je- gestures at the the bodies of the mutants and the the frost dwarfs sort of lying there and I can send them north but the problem I face is such creatures are they are crude instruments at best I, I have all I been able to do is send them out and tell them to to search for the soldiers of tacrit and attempt to dispatch them but I'm aware that they have attacked others since they they do not hold any of their former personality or their intellect as I say, they are crude, blunt instruments. But if you believe it will help, I can do as my last act. I can do so. They will not. They will not fall if I am released once I have. Once I have stirred them into a, a facsimile of life. Which is, I, which as I loathe having to do so, it has been necessary. But she's
3: basically saying that she wouldn't be able to stop them from attacking us potentially as well they're very hard to control
0: when you sort of like pose that she says uh, if the since you will all be here when i or if you if you are here when i raise them when the hours of darkness fall i can give them instructions not to attack you specifically my problem previously is i have just sent them out and told them to attack the the aggressors I cannot give them specific orders not to attack people when I am unaware exactly who is on the island. But if you are here, I can make sure they do not attack you. Okay. But that is the best I can do. But
3: it is already night time, isn't it?
0: It's it's just sort of starting to get dark now, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. So she could potentially do that. I think that's still worth, worth doing, isn't it? I sort of put to the group. If we
1: do well, them to there. Whilst all this conversation's going on, Leopold is he's um attending to this fallen frost dwarf trying to do what he can, seeing if he can
0: revive him. Uh, you you move over and you attempt to do what you can but he's he's gone. The the other frost dwarves sort of like move around you, and they they sort of stood with their heads like bowed, as they are sort of looking down at the dead comrade.
1: Do some CPR or yeah, whatever.
0: You you try it, and eventually the dwarf who was who was sort of speaking to you originally, he sort of uh, he smiles sadly at you, and he like puts like a gloved hand on your shoulder, and he says, uh, "He he has gone to be with our ancestors now. We we should let him sleep." one one final fire to light his way into the halls of the ancestors and he like he, he sort of like you know, clicks his fingers and gestures at one of the other frost dwarves who pulls out like a what appears like a sort of like a water skin and as he corks mm-hmm. it you can smell that like ridiculously strong like frost dwarf spirit that you like got mm-hmm. tanked on previously mm-hmm. Leopold. He he yeah. walk, he, he offers it round to all the dwarves yourself included and oh, they, they yeah. all like, have a swig of it
1: yeah i not, have some um, of that
0: you only have like a, a swig so I'm not going to make you like make a roll see if it gets yeah, you yeah, again. yeah. and after they've all had a swig it's passed to the guy who's been talking to you he walks mm. over to the dead body and he starts to like pour the the remainder of it over the dead body
1: yeah okay
0: at which point he stands back one of the other dwarves steps forward he takes out like a, a sort of flint and steel leans down next to the body and like too much, and after a few moments, there's a small spark, and it quickly catches, thanks to this, this alcoholic spirit, and the body catches fire, and all the dwarfs a sort of stand there with their arms like folded across their chests. Yeah, I just copied him. Smoke going up, at which point the, the dwarves all start to sing a, a low sort of lament, to their fallen comrade. Which sort of rumbles out across the now eerily silent mm. plain. You don't mm. indeed. They're <laughs> singing about him going to those misty mountains, cold. <laughs> and uh, you don't, you don't catch a, some of some of the words like escape you because it's like their sort of local tongue. But um, yeah. you manage piece up of it together to basically, they're basically singing a song where they're like reciting the deeds of the fallen dwarf. And they're basically Mm -hmm. saying to the ancestors, these are all the deeds he's done. Please find him worthy to be accepted into the halls of the ancestors where he may rest forevermore.
1: Mm.
0: So all of that's going on in the background while you guys are talking to the uh, the the skeletal ghost. So we'll jump back to you guys for a few moments. What are the rest of you up to whilst there's an impromptu funeral service going on behind you? (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: going to be a shock when this flaming body jumps up and starts wandering
1: off in the middle of their ceremony well hopefully we've spared him from that oh, okay. indignity
3: <laughs> um, so yeah I mean it's um, I guess it's down to us if we wait for nightfall for these mutants to be raised to help us in our uh, our quest to Battle the sorcerer and the, the sort of armies, um, and then if Weimar is up to the task, yeah, you know, putting her to rest, maybe.
0: As
2: you maybe of... let us rest for a day. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I also, I, I, perhaps we should leave these creatures to their rest, and release this. Okay, Preacher so
0: so while sort of Brother Lomas and uh, Malcolm are sort of, like discussing this between themselves, the, the the skeletal figure steps towards Umar and says, "So, how is my old friend?
4: Ah, uh, you mean the sword?"
0: You, you, although there's no facial expression on the, the skeletal face, you almost like sense like a slight amusement. Just, yes, I mean the Sun Sword. Of.
4: I'll, I'll sort of hold it up uh, by the scabbard.
0: As you hold it up, in your head, you and only you, more hear the voice of the sword say uh, Wielder. And it, it sounds quite sad, unlike the normally rambunctious voice. Mm-hmm. It's Wilder. Uh, please lend me your eyes. That you might see as I see.
4: I'm not sure how to do that. Exactly. I, I simply need your permission.
0: Sure. <laughs> okay and as, you, as soon as you like, give your permission the, the sword overlays your vision with almost like an illusion or perhaps it's a memory and as you look at the, the skeletal figure stood in front of you you can still see the skeleton sort of, like overlaid on top of it to your side only is a hazy transparent figure of a, a beautifully sad looking young woman wearing the same armour but now with like the full furs and regalia, sort of like looking at you, with, with a look of utter sadness. And you see, Silence Panel, the bride of the Shining One, as she once was in life. She, she sort of like reached not to snatch it from you, but sort of like reached out, just to like lay a hand on the, on the sort of pommel of the the Sun Sword. And as she does, you see, like, little wisps of smoke start coming out of her, of her skeletal fingers, and she... she yeah, draws, careful, careful there. She, she draws her hand back, and again, you see this look of sadness on the overlaid face. And she says, I thought it... And obviously you can all hear her talking. She says, I thought that might be the case. It, it would appear that I'm no longer worthy to, to wield the Sun Sword.
4: I feel like there's... It's not so much about worth, really. There's different rules. I'm not... So you wielded it before?
0: Yes, Before I was unjustly killed, I was the... At one time, the head of the, the Order of Solaris and i was given the ceremonial title the the bride of the shining one since that is the immortal that we follow he who brings the sun and it, it was given to the the mightiest of our warriors of which i was deemed to be so to wield this this holy weapon to bring its light into the darkest places of the world but sadly that dark place is where I live now.
4: Well, I'm just a bowman. And your friend here is feeling mighty vexed by all this. I'm not surprised. It is,
0: it is difficult for me to to see a weapon that I once wielded as a a shining light, helping people and doing what was right and to now not even be able to touch it because of what I am. But, know this, if you were, if you were as you say, simply a bowman, then the sword would have left you by now. So even if you do not see anything more in yourself, know that the sun sword obviously does. It is not. It does not allow itself to be wielded by simply anybody.
4: Oh yeah, no, we, we were instructed in this. <laughs> uh, I like to think you just say we're instructed in that, like Leopold's <laughs> lot. It feels unworthy of the moment here and very strange overall but and i am I'm, I'm sort of like raising up the the sword by the scabbard yep. and i'm I'm trying to talk to the sword if you'd like to talk to uh you know, you could give it a go. I don't know if you, you blatantly don't need permission for it, but if if you have it, then maybe it'll be better for you. I don't know how this works, but if you want to say anything, here's your chance. Because
0: yeah, okay the, the the voice of the sword in your head says so. Uh, with your permission, since I can currently only speak through you, would it be—and again, it—it's it, not like it's normal rambunctious yourself, It's quite sort of sorrowful. Mm-hmm. Would it be possible for uh, us to have a a moment alone with with the bride of the shining one?
4: Of course, of course. Um, Malcolm, Lomas, Leopold, we're we're gonna tour the grounds. For a bit, okay. So as you
0: walk off with this undead creature, these and we'll just sort of like we won't go into all of it, but the yep. the sword talking through you, and obviously you can hear all of this. The sword sort of asks, asks how how Silence Panel came to be as she is now. She she tells the story that when the when the people turned against the ancient mages, the Senna, believing that they had caused the the great ice age with their misuse of power, that she and her inner circle stood in defense of the the reputation of the mages to to buy them time to get away from the angry mob and denied their their prey as they saw it. They turned on the, the knights, they put them to death, blinding them and burning them at the stake. But the unjustness of their deaths caused their spirits not to rest and they rose shortly afterwards. Initially they they kept quiet and they they simply remained in the ruins of like, lamenting their own state. But when the, the island was threatened they they used their abilities to draw those who had died to them since they could not leave the ruins and they sent them scouring the island to attempt to prevent... The misuse of the power that lies there. She then tells him that the rest of her inner circle have been finally killed. They were they were slain by the, the mutants, and she alone remains. Um, she expresses surprise; she wasn't expecting like you guys to turn up. Obviously, along with the Frost Dwarves, you discover that the sword asks about the Frost Dwarves, and. Uh, silence tells them that they are the descendants of the the people who put her and her inner circle to death but after they had had, many years later after they'd sort of executed them they discovered that what they had done had been wrong, They, they sort of found some additional information and as a way of trying to sort of earn forgiveness and doing penance they chose to stay on the island and not leave when there was like the big exodus and they they've been sort of staying here ever since basically trying to fulfil the duty that the the knightly order used to do you know protecting the island protecting the stone but uh, she's not seen much of them because obviously she's restricted to this area but occasionally they've come near enough so she's been able to like pick up what they've been doing and she basically tells the sword that while she can't forgive them for what their ancestors did she she at least is comforted by the fact that you know they've been sort of trying to do the right thing and they've been trying to sort of carry on her duty she she expresses sorrow that she she's now a, a thing of shadow and death that can no longer wield the sun sword at which point they, they reminisce about some of the like many and great sort of mighty deeds that she did when she wielded the Sun Sword. And you get the impression that she was a very proficient warrior who, mm-hmm. in a sort of like paladin style yep. you know, like c- crusading against the, the injustices of the world and bringing light to the darkness. And as they talk, you sort of get the feeling that perhaps the sword sort of modelled its personality a bit on her. Because mm-hmm. although she seems much subdued now and due to her current state, The stories of her youth, you know, she was very sort of fiery, very sort of like believed in the right of a cause, you know, never sort of doubted herself, which sounds Mm -hmm. very much like the sword. And they're generally just sort of reminiscing about the the time they spent together. But after about maybe half an hour, the undead creature looks up, darkness has now fallen, and says, well, at, at least before I go, it has been pleasant to to speak to you again, old friend, and I I wish you all the luck in the world with your with your new partner and she also gestures at you, why not? But darkness has fallen. If your companions wish me to do what must be done, now is the time to do it. And then I pray you please send me to my rest my time is long since overdue
4: right well
0: and at which point she, she she thanks you as well while I'm off for giving her a chance to like catch up with her old friend
4: well at least that's one thing we've accomplished so far that seems like the right thing to do here
0: at which point she, she says something in what seems sounds like a very ancient language that you don't understand, and but the sword through you responds in the same language, and then the sword like laughs and just says yes. At which point she, she nods, and she reaches inside her, her sort of like tattered robes and inside her armor, and she takes out a a small golden necklace from around her neck, which is in the shape of a, a sunburst pattern made of gold, mm-hmm. or gold alloy at least. Mm-hmm. And she she holds it out towards you and she says, the flame of my order has long since guttered and died like a like a candle blowing out for the final time, but for what it is worth as the, the bearer of the sun sword. I now, judge you to be, worthy, of being one of the knights of Solaris, and she holds out this golden medallion towards you.
4: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just like reach out, like yeah, reluctantly. It, it's a little tiny
0: gold <laughs> sunburst on like a little golden chain. Yeah. And she says, may, may it bring you to a better end than my own. And perhaps one day, far from this, perhaps a new light will dawn for, for the Order of Solaris. But I fear I will not be around to see it, unless the, the ancient tales are true, and those who have gone before us yet to look down from the realm of immortals, on their ancestors and those that follow them
4: well for what it's worth I hope what I was waiting for you on the other side is better than this she
0: nods and says come, come let us let us rejoin your friends right okay so after about half an hour whymar and this this undead creature approach and the the bride says have you decided do you wish me to raise these these poor creatures to send against the Warlocks forces.
3: Well I feel that we're in need of as much help as we can get, but I'll uh-huh. put it to the vote, I think.
1: And ah as, as you wish, would let I, me know your decision We don't need this scum. Did Is the that... um, did the Frost Dwarf see all this conversation between Weimar and
0: No, because they sort of walked off around the edge of oh, yeah, yeah, the side. So... Thought, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Although you notice, like when when the undead creature returns, they're also like, nervously like glancing in its direction.
1: Yeah, we're... I think I speak for myself and fellow dwarfs. We we don't wish to see these spirits risen from the dead but don't let me stop you
2: yeah let us let them
1: sleep
0: the final sleep very well if the, and you you sense like a feeling of satisfaction emanating from the undead creature and she says very well i must confess i had i had not looked forward to to having them claw their way back into something resembling life it is a mockery Indeed, you are correct. It has been necessary up until now because it was my only way of striking out against the warlock, but I look forward to to not having such an onerous duty placed on me.
1: We'll deal with a warlock with true steel and valor.
0: Rest assured. Very good. At which point she she turns towards you, Wiremore, and says, "Well, if there is if there is nothing else," and she kneels down in the snow with like a sword in front of her, like planted in the ground like that, and sort of levers her
4: head onto the pommel of the sword. Uh, I'm gonna say that the sword is like. What, what? What do we do?
0: we we release her. Sets the
4: sword in your mind. Just go and hack can... am I'm, I'm not really an executioner, you know.
0: I would it's... seek to make this as painless as possible for, for my old friend. Please, just swing me once towards her neck and she will be released.
4: Right. Okay, So (laughs) it's a very awkward scene of Weimar getting the sword out from the scabbard and then sort of like lining it up as if he's uh, trying to golf (laughs) because it's (laughs) like I'm not this isn't usually the way swords are used in his experience. (laughs) Couple of practice swings. Yeah, and one miss goes to the elbow uh, of of, <laughs> of the ghost lady. No, uh, he spends uh, a bunch of time sort of lining it up, and um, and uh, it says, "Good fortune's where are we going?" and uh, so closes his eyes because he's lined up the shot. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of the things that he's actually Don't good close at. your eyes! No, don't... no. He's good at eye, hand-eye coordination because he's an archer. So I he's, don't care. Yeah, don't, clo- he's, don't close he's, your he's, eyes. Lined, he's lined it all up and uh, he's like, closing his eyes as he like, swings uh, towards the neck. Okay, Wrong!
0: You, you Wrong! Su- you swing the sword and... <laughs>
4: Uh, about a second before it
0: swings through the neck of the undead bride, you hear her voice very quietly say, Thank you. And then the blade slices like a hot knife through butter through her neck. The head, still with the helmet on it, rolls free, falling to the ground. You see the lights dim in the eye sockets and wink out. Then a few moments Ice later, girl. The, the body falls to one side and lies still. A few moments later, the, the body and the head are both engulfed in white fire, which consumes them over the course of a couple of minutes, burning them to little more than ash.
1: Why are you a lucky? What did you close your eyes
4: for? God. Oh. How many ancient night ghosts have you killed, Leopold? But why did you call me? How many of these have you killed? <laughs> None of the <a> sword but... <laughs> that talks to you and is on fire. But if I did,
1: if I did and I, I was in the position to I'm damn sure I wouldn't close my eyes. <laughs> what are you thinking of?
4: <laughs> okay, well if you want a second go, I won't close them this time. No no, no. Yeah. in all fairness, right. you cool. managed it. Right, job's done let's say no more in the scabbard it goes but next time don't don't clash your eyes next time when I have to kill an ancient night ghost who is ostensibly on our side I guess and very nice from what I could tell From as you're saying this and you're putting the sword
0: away you hear the sword's voice in your your head and only you hear this why am I saying I could slap the smile off that tiny man's face if you'd like me to.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're we're talking cuz that's what you know friends do when they're discussing actually he
0: let's go at which point the sword the sword says its voice fading as you put it into the scabbard says my my oldest friend is now dead but thank you for
4: releasing her, and then it falls quiet as you slide into the scabbard. And uh, why sort of, like paces back and forth, like, fuck me. <laughs> <It's> just.
0: Ah. <sighs> uh... Ah. Okay. So, let's jump back to the main Witch Isle map.
3: I'll point out should have been really useful to watch over us while we got some sleep.
0: <sighs> <clears throat> okay, so are, are you guys planning to like rest up for the evening?
3: I think we probably probably should.
4: Okay. Um, yeah. Does anyone have any healing? No. I think I sp- time is probably all we have right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, could, I could give you a bit of a massage there, Malcolm. Loosen up a few of their muscles there for you.
2: All right. Just kind of go and lie down.
1: I feel <laughs> like a few of these um, frost dwarf fellas could rustle up
0: an ice pack or something. For To, to be fair, given that you are to run by snow, I'm pretty sure you could all rustle up an ice pack.
1: All yeah, right. but I feel like they would be super proficient at eh? it
0: quite possibly yeah there's uh, ice be pack
4: <laughs>
0: yeah okay so if you guys are resting for the evening obviously brother Lomas you can do your prayers and like regain your your abilities cool since you're resting you will all regain when I can find how much it is I know it's some really small
1: rustle up some chicken soup for Malcolm <laughs>
4: Well, he he's got the flu.
1: <laughs> well, isn't? Well, I don't know what's up with him, but he doesn't look so great.
4: No, he's it's one d three, John.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can all regain one d three hit points if you've lost any.
1: Am I orange? Yes. You rolled a four.
3: Yeah, so, so two. Um. So what's the state of play? Uh, can't actually see. Um. So I take it. Malcolm's still in a bad way, really. Uh, yes. Is everyone else is everyone else okay? Pretty much now, or...
4: maybe I, I seem to think so. Malcolm was the one that took a lot of licks the past day.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, after my morning prayers, I shall uh, attempt to call on. Leander to uh do some healing on Malcolm.
0: Yeah, as you're looking over the others, Brother Lohmann, you can see that like Leopold and Weimar have got like a couple of nicks and scratches, but it's nothing major, whereas Malcolm has like taken a lot of damage, he's got quite a lot of wounds on him. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, mashed up.
3: Okay, well, I shall uh, I shall do that then. Uh give it a roll, see if this does the trick.
0: Okay. So you call on the blessings of Leander. Yep. And you restore four hit points to Malcolm as you feel Leander's grace upon you, Malcolm, and fresh vitality flowing into your limbs as you you all rest up for the evening in the shelter of the the ruins. And we've put more Can you please roll me a d6 just to see if anything like random happens during the evening? No, you're absolutely fine. The evening passes uneventfully. You wake up in the morning, the The sun is shining over the horizon, like dancing on the, the white snow. And despite all the, the sort of bodies lying around, there is a strange sense of peacefulness in the ruins that you now occupy. As though, with the laying of the bride to rest, this whole place now sleeps peacefully. I'm gonna make a couple of rolls like I made during the the break just to see how the, the fight at the the ancient center tomb is going. Okay.
2: Either very very well or very very badly
0: <coughs> Well you know maybe maybe you'll find out when you get there if you get there dun dun dun.
3: Should we uh go and see um I'm gonna ask uh Leopold if he, he he knows where the other dwarfs went.
1: Well, I do. I do indeed. They were hard pressed to provide this assistance to us as they were headed for the ancient center tomb. Okay. Um, if we are done here, perhaps it would be wise to head there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, it sounds, sounds like our, uh, our final destination.
1: Okay, so Uh, yeah, they wage they wage uh, they wage a uh, a battle there. Um, uh, It would be good to assist.
0: Okay, so if you're if you travelled straight there, you know because obviously you know the the distances because you've travelled there and back, so you know it's going to take you like most of the day. So it'll be like early evening by the time you get there. But if that's what you want to do, it's entirely down to you guys where you want to go, what you want to do. Are we are we happy that we've resolved
1: by by laying this um, spirit to rest? And uh, 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 you um, fellows of more wisdom than wisdom and law than I, are you happy that we have done what we need to do here?
4: It seems to me that there's there's something we will need to address eventually. I don't know if that's right now, but there's of course the uh, John. What were they called? the The ice ice water tribes. The yeah, the the icewalker ice
0: tribes.
4: Yeah, icewalker tribes, uh, and that's the people who get turned into mutants by. Uh, Takrit and his master, right? Yeah, or did uh, I get that wrong?
0: You know, there's a there's like a number of these like ice nomads effectively. Mm-hmm. And like the ice walkers are like one of these tribes who mm-hmm. were apparently sort of like betrayed by Tacrit, who was an outcast from their tribe, who sort mm-hmm. of like corrupted the second in command, but like you know, like, oh like get the tribe to like follow me and I'll like make sure you're the first in command and like yeah. before they realised what was happening he'd He'd use the evil knowledge of his ancient master to corrupt them into their present form and bind them to service.
4: Yeah. So we will probably eventually need to address this tacrit and mm. those he has somehow installed inter- into his service and
1: Yes, yes. And he's, uh, he's uh, tach- uh, I feel like these frost dwarves are engaged in some of that, and maybe mm-hmm. by aiding them, we strike a blow uh,
4: to that end. Yeah, uh, if if we can have an accord with the the frost dwarves, that might be a good thing. Do we know where they are? Where where they're?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, they were headed to the ancient Senna tomb, and we we could, we could get there by the end of the day. Like my, uh, my my companions uh, are keen to head that way,
3: and I thought it was Tagrid that was at the ancient tomb leading the the armies of the evil guys. So yeah, it's a uh, two for two for one if we can take them out, that will free free these ice walkers at the same time, possibly. Agreed.
2: Well, let us go and see what we
4: can see. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And in any case, uh, safety in numbers currently, there's... I, I thought this was going to be a case of a curse hereabouts, indicating the the nightly tunes and whatnot yeah. i thought it was gonna be a, a case of some kind of curse here but not so much not not so much or or yeah i suppose there was but there's the actual thing is much bigger now uh, yes i think so i agree probably going about with the four of us is not the best of ideas currently
3: wow When Leopold finally arrived, that is.
1: Yeah. Better late than never, I guess. Did I not bring a contingent of frost dwarfs that would have ignored you without my um, diplomacy? I guess. Yes. Let us go and return the favour. Indeed. Well said, Malcolm Harp. Even in your disheveled state, you speak words of wisdom.
4: Same. Perhaps we- you
1: will recover on the journey. We will <laughs> carry you in a palanquin so that you might rest fully. Yeah, made of stuff. Like. attend to it, chop down trees, and make this man a, a, a palanquin fit for a, well, a frontiersman. <laughs>
4: So a branch, then?
0: <laughs> it's kind of like a, a sketchy, sledgy thing. The, 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 the frost walls like give you a bit of a look. They're like, seriously?
1: Yeah, cut a few trees down, lash him up. With a bit of a thing we can drag him on.
4: All yeah, you, and like you need walk. is it's two fine. two pieces of wood and a blanket, <laughs> and you're good. No, no, I
1: insist, Malcolm. You will not be walking. Rest, rest there. <laughs> My doughty companions will transport you to the ancient center tomb forthwith.
0: Okay, yeah, the the frost dwarves get to it. They basically they hack down some of the the thin trees and they basically make like a very sort of shoddy like stretcher. Perfect. Okay, so what's the plan, guys?
2: I guess we're just going to head to the tomb and sort out what we can see when we get there. Make yeah. haste.
1: That's it.
0: Okay, no problems. You get to the barrow, and there's, there's, there's pretty much no one living about when you get to the barrow. There's a few dead, like, frost dwarves, a few sort of dead mutants... Knocking about, you know, sort of lying about. But um, that's pretty much it.
1: I feel like we should have a better icon than a, a mapping pin, John. Can't we have like <laughs>
0: some savage axe or something? <laughs> hey, if someone wants to find me a better icon, I'll put it on there. Mate. How'd you do it? How'd you do it?
1: We need like a skull and crossbone. <laughs>
2: are four likely that's
1: <laughs> Rodney
2: and Del that's White, an
0: apparently. only fools and horses icon <laughs> well I shall see what I can do for the next session
3: <laughs> oh dear I'm not being granted Ned <laughs> um, yeah so I mean is it is is it fairly clear and obvious the, the the main entrance to this yeah it's it's a barrow. large
0: barrow with like a, an opening in the front of it the the frost dwarves who are accompanying you say um, we we should take the um, we, we should take the hidden way down to the to, to the lower levels and join our brothers in the in the fight if we if we go in through the the front way we'll have to fight our way through uh, the minions of Tacrit to before we even get to our to our fellows. And lead the way, Master Dwarf. Okay, they lead you into the hills slightly to the northeast, and after sort of moving around it, they move sort of undergrowth aside. Um, you see that like basically they're very like skillfully like hidden a concealed tunnel, and they they basically open it up for you and they start heading down this concealed tunnel which seems to go for for quite some distance, sort of like sloping down shallowly at first and then more steeply into the depths below. And as you're sort of getting near to what's, you would guess by the way the dwarves are sort of readying themselves. Is like the end of this tunnel. You can hear the sounds of fighting and uh, combat taking place. At which point I'm going to move you on to the lower level of the dungeon. Now, I can't remember if any of you have got torches set up on your characters. So, if the if the whole thing immediately goes black and you can't see anything, let me know and I'll set that up. Okay, so can you guys see it? Uh, yep. I can, yeah. Splendido. In which case, the, ch- the chamber you're in, the, the southern wall behind you, there's like a hidden panel, which as the dwarves get to it on the other side, they sort of... they fiddle with some sort of hidden mechanism and slide it to one side, and it leads into the... the by now, the slightly familiar stone chamber of this barrow mount you can hear the sounds of fighting up ahead. The the dwarves immediately charge straight up ahead and you hear their footfalls sort of pounding down the stone as they run to join in the the combat with their fellows. Sort of like leaving you they obviously like know their way, so they sort of like leave you behind pretty much. So you guys are free to act as you see fit.
3: there seems to be only one one route at the moment
4: yeah so moving forward it is i can't seem to move my token oh there we go uh okay that that must have been a connection hiccup Yeah. yeah right okay so
0: inching along okay now it doesn't look as though you've got a torch set. Are you are you going to have a torch sort of ready?
4: Yeah, let's. Because I put out the previous one. Yeah. Uh, ah, the wish' I'm going to use the the last of that. Okay. And we we need we probably need a restock. I don't know about you guys, but I'm running there's out a, of stuff.
2: There's a few in the central
4: pile. Right. So okay. there's a few to draw
2: from if you want to. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I still have like the three fourths of a <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, economizing. Yeah. Yeah. On the frontier, you, you use it all. I <laughs> say you may do with what you've got. Yeah. So, Pecan. Is okay. this an Alco joint?
0: It is indeed, I'm just trying to, that doesn't seem to be working, I'm not sure why, but um, basically in front of you, you can see Mm -hmm. what looks to be as though it was like once a concealed door, Mm -hmm. but it looks as though the the frost dwarves have sort of like obviously gone through it and sort of like left Mm -hmm. it open in their haste, so that doesn't seem to work in entirely, so if you find you can't move through it, if you want to move down that corridor, let me know and I'll just move you over.
4: Yeah, it's okay. Okay, cool. uh, And I, I I saw you
0: operating it, so... That's I... cool. See, my, yeah. mine's, uh, mine's lagging a little bit, so I wasn't sure if I'd opened it and shut yeah. it again, but um, yeah. yeah. Basically, any doors you get to that these dwarves have moved through will be open, because they're not bothering to shut the doors behind and they're just like, we yeah. can hear our brothers in combat, let's go!
4: So... If Lomas is coming after me, I'll I'll point towards this door that I just accidentally <laughs> closed um, for uh, him to keep an eye on as I move forward. Yeah, that's fine, yep. So, you taking moving a yourself peek around the Leopold? corner here.
0: She's getting left a bit behind.
3: So, did the dwarfs continue to the north, did you say, it John? Would, it so, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a little look up there while while the others continue.
0: Okay, not a problem. Have you got a torch, Brother Lomas?
3: I haven't, but I shall surely light one. Let me check my infantry. Yep,
0: I've got six torches. Okay, in which case... Just set them up, just give me a second.
3: I shall put that down to five, just so I don't forget.
0: Okay, so you light a torch, and you can see the the stone chamber that you're in, that door will be open. Unless I've just shut it again.
3: I'm not sure which one. To the north?
0: Okay. No, to the east. Oh. Uh, like, I said, my system's uh, being like horrendously laggy, so yeah, it's not showing at the moment. Okay, let's try again. Well, it's fine. I'll tell you what you can see anyway. So mm-hmm. beyond that is another stone chamber. You can see that there are three of the mutated um, soldiers of Takrit in that room. As you like, open the door they sort of turn round and spot you there. So that's not the way they... It doesn't seem to be. The dwarfs went. And meanwhile, Weimar sort of peering into the chamber to the south, you can see there is a statue in there. It appears to depict the judge looking very much as you saw him previously, you know, sort of robed figure etc., holding a set of scales.
4: Right. I'll step closer, take a closer look, maybe, with the torch.
0: Okay, it seems to be of extremely skillful manufacture, but it's not like a properly ancient statue. It's mm-hmm. obviously been made like, it's not been made like last week, but it's not of thousands of years old.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah and i suppose given that it's not exposed to the elements, it wouldn't erode anyway yeah that much so it's for all that i can tell right now it's a statue yes
0: there's
4: right. there's no other functionality it's not an altar for offerings to be placed on or anything it doesn't appear to be no yeah. okay um so i'll i'll get a little bit forward here okay as i hear malcolm scuffling about behind <laughs> me <laughs> okay so since the
0: the three mutants have spotted leopold and um brother lomas effectively we're gonna go into like a small sort of combat so i'm gonna drop all the people who know you're there into a into a combat Reroll the initiative. Okay. So the mutants are going to get to go first. So basically three of them come... Oh, maybe maybe I'll just move everybody. Might be clever on me, wouldn't it? So three of them come barrelling through the doorway. and they are going to attack Brother Lomas. One of them misses horrendously. Two of them miss horrendously. One of them, however, strikes you with its crude cudgel causing you four hit points of damage for the low mass as these three shrieking mutants rush through the doorway and start laying into you with their clubs obviously Malcolm and Weimar you can hear this going on because it's not too far away so next to go is Malcolm
2: okay so hearing that there's something going on I will come back
0: Okay. three, four.
2: And uh, I think I can get in there and I will attack this one with my sword. Okay. Uh,
0: Twelve. Okay, that's not enough unfortunately. So, we move on to Weimar. Obviously, you can hear the sounds of combat breaking out nearby.
4: Yeah. So, we're going to go and investigate. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Hmm. Well, I can make it past... uh Leopold. Yep. So I guess that's what, what we'll do. Okay. I'll, I'll go there and uh, get out the sun sword. Okay. As you pull it out,
0: there's the <laughs> white flame licks around it. However, it remains uncharacteristically quiet. Perhaps still mourning the loss of its friend. The somber sword. Indeed. We then move on to Brother Lomas.
3: Okay um I should just move slightly just to make it easier for my companions and I shall use my staff to swing at this mutant standing in front of me go for
0: it oh okay describe to me how with incredible cinematic style you no doubt twirling your staff you dispatch this mutant
3: well as this was one of the mutants that made a rather uh, foolish attempt to attack me uh, making a, a stumble forward uh, the creature almost falls upon my staff as i go to jab at it and uh, this staff just goes down its throat and almost comes out the back of its its neck um so sort of killing it instantly.
0: And indeed, that's what happens. The mutant barely has time to utter a strangulated gurgle as it falls to the floor dead. Leopold. I
1: rush forward into this space created by a companion and bring down the uh, frost axe upon it. or not
0: (laughs) a practice swing indeed okay so on to the next round so it's the mutants so there's going to be one attacking malcolm and one attacking leopold so the one attacking leopold I'm guessing entirely misses, he actually catches your armor and it sort of like bounces off the thick furs you're wearing. The one attacking Malcolm. Also misses. Okay, so Malcolm.
1: Aha!
2: So I will swing again. 13.
0: Yep, it's good. You cut down the mutant who's trying to swing its club at you, ducking under its blow and stabbing under its armpit and up into its chest, dispatching it.
2: Oh, nice.
4: Why not? I suppose I'll squeeze in.
0: Yep, you all crowd around this like single mutant
4: yeah it's uh beat out of it it's a proper beat down,
0: yeah.
4: yeah here we go thirteen
0: you rush in, swinging the sun sword down and basically like cleave this mutant in two vertically, like the sword going straight through it and sparking as you hit the stone slab of the floor beneath it. It pauses for a few moments, then in that cinematic style you see the like a red line slowly move down its body and then it goes <laughs> and just falls to the
4: ground. <laughs> and then I, then I flick the, the blood of the, <laughs> the sword Indeed. as I slide it back to the scabbard.
0: Okay. We're no longer in combat rounds. What do you do? You still hear the sounds of fighting coming from somewhere up ahead of you. I'm going to make a quick roll to see how that's going.
1: We go north or east?
3: What, what what direction are we hearing the sounds from now? Now we're in this room. From an easterly direction.
1: Yeah, I feel east.
3: So where did our dwarf friends that were running ahead of us go? If they didn't go through that door to the east? I assume they didn't go
0: through that. If they're still there see that, that that's my fault that door should have been open so they they obviously have gone this way i've just like opened it up again oh okay. i couldn't get it to work originally for some reason
3: oh no i just meant the fact there were some mutants there i'd have thought they would have engaged them rather than just been able to run straight past maybe
1: they weren't there when they came through
3: yeah yeah no that's fair enough. okay um why should should we take take chase in that direction yeah
1: Oh my way is barred. That's because you've just shut the door. I can't get through. How do I open
3: it? I think it's because you're Do you use your
1: arrow key to move the current. I've
0: moved you through
1: it. Alright. I'm through. There's no one here.
0: You can see as you look down here, Leopold, mm-hmm. you can see what appears to be the remnants of like a, some sort of like metal grate or something similar that must have once like barred passage further to the east. But it looks as though the, the grate has been like opened and sort of swung open. Oh. It looks like
1: uh, my com- my companions have gone this way. I'm keen to follow them.
2: Is there anything else in the room, John, or is it just
0: that great at the bottom to get out? It? It's just the grate. There's probably a couple of like dead mutants and maybe even like a dwarf or two in here.
1: Hmm. Is um what can I hear now, John? Can I hear this these sounds of Combat still going on. Yep, yeah,
0: you can still hear sounds of combats, and you hear what it seems to be the uh, a number of screams. Although whether it's the mutants with their battle cries or dying, or whether it's the dwarfs, it's difficult to tell, given the cacophony that's going on. However, so as you, does... as you look to the south of you, you can see a small chamber, and there appears to be like a small well just beyond, like the Great. Is the sounds coming from there or no? No, the sounds are coming from sort of north northwards. Now so Oh, I'm going that way. Okay. Obviously, all feel free to move yourselves. Okay, stop there, Leopold. right. right. Okay, so as you're moving down that corridor that you're now at the end of, you see two dead dwarves, and you recognise two of the dwarves who were once part of your group. Jesus. You see one of them has, like, vicious wounds on it as though it's been, like, cut down. The other one has no wounds on it at all, but there is like a small burnt hole that goes right through its chest and out of its back. Jeez. About sort of like tennis ball size. Yeah. Hmm. So whilst everyone's rink up ahead, what's Weimar doing?
4: Well... Sort of thinking of the statue there mm-hmm. and uh well i suppose I, I i like to think that um maybe the sword has a sort of feedback that he gets as well uh, because the sword is feeling quite down yes um i i think Weimar is a, a bit too so there, there's a there's a lethargy that he's laboring under currently indeed so it's just sort of like absent-mindedly thinking of the statue that he saw and and very slowly following along okay
0: no problems Okay Leopold you can hear the sounds of fighting like very close to you now like it's got a lot louder like okay. you, th- you think it must be like literally like just round the corner is probably like where the fight's taking place.
1: Yeah. Well I'll I'll push on. Uh I don't know about that. Uh that tennis ball size hole through my companion's chest
0: but okay so as you move round the corner Leopold you can see at the intersection <sighs> the corridors is one of these mutants, and just sort of to the west sort of over here, yeah is where from further down that corridor is where the mainstay of the fighting's going on then at you hear like lots of weapons, lots of shouting you can hear dwarven gruff dwarven shouting, screaming mutants, and then you hear a sound you're not familiar with and it sounds like and you hear a, a dwarven voice go like,
1: jeez yeah well engage this fool
0: in front of me ok so let me just add him onto the well I won't bother adding him onto the combat but since you're not really in a mass combat at the minute ok so make me a make me a d6 roll see if he notices you Uh
1: 3
0: Okay, you are grand. because obviously a lot of the noise of combat is covering your approach, so he's like paying full attention. Like he's obviously like one of the like the rear guard, getting ready to like move in, mm-hmm. and you, you're right. you all get like a surprise action to basically come in from the side and like blindside him because he's okay. not expecting anyone else to like randomly turn up because obviously so, he doesn't he doesn't know about the secret passage. So he's like, well, how's anyone going to get down here? Who's not down here already?
1: Yeah. So twatting with my ass.
0: Yep. Go for it. Boom. (sighs) Jeez. Okay, so you run in, swing your axe, and at the last moment, he lifts up like a scaled, sort of clawed arm that seems like quite heavily armoured, and he takes the Mm -hmm. blow on the scale. Some of the scales chip off, but he doesn't appear to be massively damaged by it. And he, like, screams out wordlessly, alerting his companions that you're there. I spit in his face. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to add the other peeps to the the combat tracker since they know you're there. Okay, and we'll effectively start normal combat rounds. So we start with Malcolm.
2: Okay, so... um... Uh, so he's, can I reach over uh, Leopold because Leopold is much shorter
0: than I am and attack this creature? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so let me try that. You basically step right up to the back of like, Leopold and like, swing over his head. <clears throat> Unfortunately, in these cramped spaces, and because you're trying not to hit Leopold as well, you're not able to get like a, a solid blow in on this mutant. Okay, so why am I? Obviously, you can hear like the shouting and the combat sort of up ahead of you, and you can see Brother Lomas stood at the end of the corridor ahead of you.
2: Sorry, Sorry Johannes.
4: Yep, um, just trailing behind, and because um, I can see that the corridor is stuffed. Yep. Um, I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> okay, that's fine for something to happen now. Okay, so brother Lomas. Uh
3: yeah, I mean in my current position I can't see so I'm just going to move slightly forward. Um yeah, it's a similar situation, I can't quite see
0: what's developing in the uh, indeed
3: from my head so
0: you you none of you are really accustomed to sort of like fighting in the cramped conditions of like I mean this was originally built as a barrow mound. So whilst like the low ceilings And the small corridors are like grand for the dwarves. You guys are sort of like a bit hampered by it. You're used to, as like hunters and people like that, you're used to like fighting out in the open and being able to use the terrain. So you are finding it a little bit difficult. Okay.
3: I'll hold
1: there, waiting to see what happens ahead. Leopold. Can I just like rush forward um, gridiron style and Ram this fool up the corridor bodily out of the way clearing
0: if you can make me a strength roll you can indeed okay so with that roll I'm going to say you do push him back a little but you've literally only pushed him back like a tiny amount so you're sort of you're now there Holy crap! And as you look down the corridor to your left, heading to the west, you can see what appears to be like three or four of these frost dwarves. There are two of these mutants fighting them, and sort of stood in the middle is a is a haggard-looking human figure wearing dark robes, and he's sort of holding his hands up like that. And you can see, like a sort of an arcane glow flickering around his hands. Uh, yeah. Okay. However, as you watch, you can just see, like, at the far end, beyond the people who are fighting, you see from an alcove, two more frost dwarves step into the main corridor. And between them is what appears to be a much older, like much longer bearded frost dwarf wearing, like, more elaborate clothing. And he's, like, holding a huge axe in his hands. And he, he screams out in this bellowing voice. He's like, stand and fight, my people. Today we earn the forgiveness for our ancestors. Okay. So we move on to the dwarves. We're sort of closing in on the mutants.
1: Who's this tow rag near me, John? This brown. uh, This that's that's another mutant. Okay.
0: Okay, so I'm going to make some rolls for the for the dwarves. Okay, so this frost dwarf here sinks his, like, ice pick into the mutant, the one you just referred to as a toe rag, like, just sinks it into the front of his skull between his eyes and then wrenches it out. You see, like, a splatter of mutant brain matter on the floor of the corridor, and the mutant falls to the ground.
1: Form a toe rag. Okay. let
0: The next one. Doesn't really do anything... So you can now see there appear to be sort of five or six frost dwarves, and this like one was obviously leading them. And there's like a single mutant, and you presume Tacrit, this figure in robes, sort of stood there in the corridor. However, now it is Tacrit's turn. Okay, he he turns to face the frost dwarf here, who is like sort of coming up behind him, lifting his weapon. He points a a sort of shrivelled hand at him. The arcane energy seems to collect around his hand, and then it flashes forward as a bolt of arcane energy strikes this dwarf in the chest, and literally burns through his torso and comes out the back of him. The dwarf sort of like looks down for a moment, like looking at this hole straight through his chest, and then he just crumples to the floor. Okay, so it's a background to Malcolm. Okay. Okay.
2: Sorry, so these two guys in front of. This guy here, is he a. Is it a warfare? He's, he a, he's a, a frost He's a frost okay. So, frost okay.
0: Right, okay. So, there's nothing between me and Tacrant. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, so, the the only thing that's sort of. The only mutant is on your side is this one here. Okay. Because obviously your your companions and the other dwarves have like dealt with like his rear guard effectively. Okay. Um.
2: So I think I'd like to. Oh, I've just gone to hang on, where am I? I, I would like to stick him in the back while he's not looking. Um, well, he's
0: sort of facing your direction anyway, because he like he, he shot a magic missile at the guy who was was in the space that you're now in so he's oh, okay. in the direction
2: okay so there's no chance of a surprise attack okay no okay let me see how this goes I suppose the town does it because he's a wizard no
0: unfortunately not however as you go as you strike him and you've like you've aimed it perfectly you're like got him banged to rights as you're about to do that it's almost as though something like Turns your blade aside at the last minute, and you briefly see what appears to be a small, like gold ring, on Tackeret's finger. Sort of glow slightly. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. So why not?
4: Guess we're rushing forward now. So that was one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh no.
0: And then we get well, treated to Weimar's second catchphrase.
4: Hmm. Um. Well, I don't have the reach to attack here, so I'll. Can I attack across from here? Because there's you can, the you can indeed yeah the wall. So I'll I'll try and catch that one with the sun sword. Let's see thirteen.
0: Okay. As this mutant like leaps forward, so like literally like leaping off the ground, hefting his club ready to like bring the hammer down on Leopold, you sort of lean in round the corner and skewer him on the sun sword and then pull it out, arresting him mid flight and he crumples to the ground.
4: Right, and that was level six of of my movement. Mm-hmm. And we have forty, right? Yep, that's the. Right. Uh, I'll I'll go there. Okay. Just because I, I think there might be a need for, for space. <laughs> Around that corridor.
0: Okay, so it's now Brother Lomas. Okay. Uh.
3: Obviously, here in the fight, and that I shall continue up the corridor to see what the current situation is.
0: Um I'm gonna to have to stand on top there just to that's, see what's going that's on. That's fine. So as you look down the corridor to the west you can see a number of the sort of dwarves piling in. They're sort of like trying to get past this mutant behind him, sort of like facing off against Malcolm, is this cadaverous human figure in these dark robes with these malevolent energies playing around his fingers, and you have no doubt that this is the evil warlock tacrit. Okay, um,
3: well, I'm fairly convinced that, obviously, he's going to be a dangerous op- opponent, so I'm going to try and back up Malcolm, and I'm going to do my second healing spell of the day on
0: Malcolm. Okay, go for it. Um, so, Malcolm, is you're sort of, like, fighting, trying to find a gap in Tackeret's defences, you feel the, the hand of Brother Lomas laid gently on you, and you hear his prayer to Leander Ooh. oh I'll get in there and as as his hand sort of like grasps your shoulder in a comradely fashion you feel new vitality and vigour flow into your limbs and you suddenly feel like do you know what I can take this guy as like Leander's light flows into you which is a little bit odd given your current stance on Leander but <laughs> hey, I, I'll take it. I'll take I, it
3: indeed. I'll only I'll only be whispering this. I won't be uh I won't be calling it out to Malcolm. Yeah. Don't want to put him off.
0: Yeah, he just like leans over and he's like Leander rules. <laughs> okay. So that's brother Loma, so on to Leopold. Um Can I get down there at all, John? Or
1: no?
0: Not really at the moment, because it's like... Although, to be fair, yeah, you could probably squeeze down because like, you're a dwarf. So, yeah, you could probably move on to the same square as uh, Malcolm if you wanted to. Ah, uh, yes, indeedy. Would, would I have been able to step back after my action, John, so
3: Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't feel I'm very much use
1: right in that situation. I will elbow my way through um... At this with something axe like.
0: <laughs> Would it be an axe by any chance? Yes,
1: exactly <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yay! Oh, Boom. Yay! Ooh, nice. Okay, so you deliver this vicious like midriff like slice diagonally across the midriff to Tacrid. He lets out a scream as like blood sprays onto the walls. And he falls like back down onto one knee, sort of like clutching his chest. As he does so, he like holds out his hand and he's like, He's like, Master, protect me. And as he says this, you see what appears to be this almost like hole in the air sort of like appear next to him. And through it, you can just make out this like dark, sort of shadowy, misty shape. And you get to the. The impression of sort of tentacles and slimy flesh moving Oof. beyond the hole, though mercifully the full sight of it is veiled by the shadows that crawl over it. As you as he says, Oh, Master, please protect me, you hear a a deep booming voice. If you think of like the when they speak the tongue of Mordor in like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. in that sort of mm-hmm. style, and this voice says You have disappointed me, Takrit. I have no time for such weakness. And saying that the hole just like goes and disappears. And the like literally on his knees and he's like, No, master, please And you can see like his blood's like leaking out, he's like he's blatantly on his like last legs. But he's still like hanging in there somehow.
1: Okay. It sounds a bit like that dude out of the new star wars movies you know the like like
0: the follow-on indeed so the the mutant here there's as little he can do other than like attack the um the frost dwarves just due to where he is so i'll just make a quick roll for him for that okay perhaps sort of shaken by the knowledge that his master's sort of falling behind him he's unable to to get a bead on the dwarves and like, two of the dwarves are literally just like body slam him down to the ground and like hack him to pieces with their axes leaving just you guys and Tacred. now we're effectively no longer in combat because Tacred's like spuffed all of his magic missiles and he's got like two hit points left he's literally like lying there like trying not to bleed to death that's going to be his main action So we're effectively not in a combat anymore. Now, obviously, the dwarves are sort of moving forward towards Takrin, but you guys are nearer. So if you, it's pretty obvious what the dwarves are intending to do, by the way, they're holding their weapons and looking at him. But obviously, you guys are nearer, particularly Leopold and Malcolm. So if you guys want to do anything first before the dwarves get there, you can do. Okay, so
2: quite excited by this special ring that he seemed to be wearing um, I'm going to kind of step on his wrist and then try and take the ring off his finger um, and I will call out to the dwarves that we need to speak to him before anything else happens
0: Okay, so you've effectively gained a ring of protection plus one which I'll add to your character sheet shortly Okay it effectively gives you a like plus one AC so yeah, you, you step on his wrist. He's he's got no strength to oppose you, and you just pull it off his finger and like slide it onto your own. Okay. And you so. What is it you're saying to the dwarves as they're <coughs> stomping forward? You see, like the the obviously the leader of the dwarves is like pushing past his men. He's like lifting this big axe, or and he's like, now nah, we end this.
2: We're not finished with him yet.
0: <clears> At <throat> uh, which no. point, make me a charisma roll. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a minus one bonus because you've got like a dwarf like backing you up. Because obviously you've got like Leopold like right next to you. Which is like obviously you're like a friend of the dwarves. Okay. Yep. So he basically strides up. He's got his axe in hand, ready to like deal the killing blow. And then when you're like, oh, we need to talk to him before you kill him. He, he pauses and then he looks at you, Leopold, as though he's like, Really? Do him! Fuck him up!
2: Calm down, Leo. Calm down. <clears throat> nah, nah. We need information. We need
0: information. <clears throat> Finish him. The asshole. The, since you succeeded on your test, the, the the dwarven leader, Borstig, does like whole stays vengeance momentarily and he says, I will I will give you time, but I will not stay my vengeance for long. Find out what you want to know and find it quickly. For his reckoning is at hand. Indeed. Uh cool. So I will turn
2: to uh I guess I move my my uh foot from his wrist to like yeah. his
0: chest. He's pretty much just lying there like holding uh, his chest like, <clears throat> trying not to bleed to death. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um.
2: So I will be like,
0: uh,
2: tell me everything about your master. Everything you know.
0: Okay. He's so uh, he's he's obviously struggling to talk because of like his injuries, but he's like, uh, when when my tribe cast me out because I I had the talent, I wandered as an outcast. And I, I wandered far to the west, and I. I found the lair of, an ancient power, called Akbit. He, he promised me power and, revenge against those who had wronged me if I, if I helped him, retrieve the Chaos Stone. And he. He lent me his power to. To make those who had wronged me into, into my servants all but we we could not move the stone it was too big we did not have the strength then we we heard that the, the these and he sort of gestures feebly towards the dwarfs. we heard that these creatures had had a weapon that my master told me could be used to to break the stone so that we could transport it he, he sent me here with with my troops to to retrieve it but we we underestimated the, the numbers of, the, of these creatures. And we were beset by the, the Walking Dead, who was sapped our numbers. This was, this was supposed to be our, our final push once we had eliminated these, these creatures. We would search this place, find the weapon, and then use it to, to break the stone. What is the name of this weapon? He says, uh, 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 I, I, I don't know. I was My master did not reveal t- that to me. At which uh, point the the dwarven leader, Ballstick, who still was stood there, he says, I think this vermin speaks of the ancient hammer, Misery's End. Okay. That we have guarded for many years. He is correct. It could be used to break the stone. But you will never have the chance. He says that like looking down at the warlock. Uh,
2: oh, does your mind covet any other chaos stones?
0: If he does, he has, he has not told me. But I, I know that he that the creatures that I have made are are a pale reflection of those which serve him he is far more mighty in the arts than I am such creatures he has he he promised to teach me if I retrieved the stones he said he would be able to unlock great power from them but he, he has forsaken me he has.
2: I have failed him. So and pearly. Uh, what know you, master? The, the smoking mirror.
0: He says, "I know. I know the ancient tribes of the ancient tales of my tribe. No more. I know that. Uh, it from what I've heard my master say." I, the, the, the Smoking Mirror is the only immortal to have seen the, the true wisdom and power that the forces of chaos have to offer. Those others feared to, to, to peer into the darkness, scared of what they might become. The smoke Smoking Mirror embraced it and became powerful and mighty. Until the... Until... The mages bound to him. Okay. At which point the dwarf says, "Have you asked your questions?"
2: Ah. Uh. On when dawn,
0: I have questions for you too. Mm. there'll be time for that later and he hefts this axe and he just brings it down splitting the skull uh, of tacrit clean in two and then he he looks at all of you and he says many of my people have died fighting against this vermin those who survive it is our way. We will now feast and lament their loss, but give thanks for those who have survived. Come, join us.
2: Certainly.
0: It
2: has been a long day.
0: Okay. At which point you're, you're led by the remaining dwarves through sort of up through this barrow which seems to have like three levels and as you go you see that there's other dwarves on the way who are like finishing off the the last of the mutants you hear as like the dwarves are talking as they meet other dwarves and like collect them sort of join in the party that um, once Tacrit was dead most of the mutants sort of fled and many of them were like cut down and they're sort of like moving the bodies and like getting rid of them but we cut to a scene maybe half an hour later in a large stone hall deep in the barrow. A number of wooden tables have been set up. The the frost dwarves that survive there must be about 24 of them in all, give or take are all sat at these tables. Obviously you guys are given places to sit as well. There's like furs for people to sit on and stuff like that. You can see there's like a large ornate sort of stone throne with like animal skins over it, which is where the, the Dwarven leader, Borstig, sits down and he says, my, my people, we have lost, we have suffered greatly through these years, and we know that we we are paying for the sins of our ancestors, but I believe that today we have perhaps earned some measure of forgiveness. So, whilst we remember and lament those who have, we have lost, let us also celebrate this victory with friends. Old any gestures at the other dwarves, and new any gestures at you guys. At which point, many and various drinks are brought round. A couple of the dwarfs start singing more of these laments. Sort of like, but like in a low sort of like background tone, and uh, the dwarves are sort of like chatting amongst themselves. You guys don't really understand a lot of it because it's in this weird sort of version of dwarven. You know Leopold that they're basically all like telling each other stories like about their friends which have like died, and sort of like they're recalling like the good times with their friends and their like valiant deeds, and they're sort of drinking to them and saying, "Oh, now they're resting with the ancestors." And that's the sort of general conversation that's going on. So you guys, you, the, the dwarves are happy to talk to you. They seem to regard you as allies. because you help them defeat this warlock. They're they're, they're they're plying you with drinks. They're sort of like clapping you on the back. Like I say, a lot of them don't really speak common. They only speak this weird dwarven, so they're a bit difficult to understand. But some of them have like a smattering of like ancient common, enough to be understood. So you guys are basically being lauded as... like allies of the dwarves and they're saying although it's cost them greatly a great victory has been won here today and we shouldn't forget that so you guys have got an opportunity whilst this sort of feasting and celebrating is going on to ask any questions that you might wish to ask or have any conversations you might wish to have with the various dwarves yeah i would like to ask
1: malcolm harp what is that ring that he slipped off of the finger of that foe that i felt
2: Uh, as I struck it seemed to protect him from the strike Um, and seemed to somehow a magic Um, ring aye they worked in time
1: okay
0: I lost I lost uh Yeah, y- your sound sort of dropping out a bit, Rob. Yeah. Oh sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Man. Uh I have to remember
2: Um So I I, I just find that it protected protect the strike sent from Mike below. Uh, um uh your Dwarven area help. Know what is or what's
0: dangerous. Yeah, so he's saying that the the ring seemed to protect the warlock from his blows. He's not sure if your like dwarven sort of experience would like and your sort of talents would let you know like any more about it.
1: Uh,
0: perhaps that old
1: fella is an. Is there an older looking dwarf there? the The leader looks
0: to be the eldest, that, who has been identified as Borstig. Perhaps i Borstig could take a look.
1: Mm. Uh, Borstig, uh, mm. we recovered this ring from the
0: sorcerer. He, he likewise spits when you say that, and he nods at you approvingly. And then he, he walks over and he has a look at the ring, and he says, uh, it looks to me as... Uh, it has a minor protective enchantment on it. It, mm. it is a it is it is a trifling thing but it may make it may make you slightly more difficult for an enemy to to injure.
1: See. Always a always a bonus.
0: Yeah then he then he like looks at one of the dwarves and he says Bring forward what the the warlock had on him. At which point a, a dwarf comes forward like, carrying like an animal skin that's obviously wrapped around something. He lays it out on a table in front of you all and you see what appeared to be a number of gemstones sat on the animal skin. And there is also a small clay vial with a, a sort of like a bung in the end of it. And these these were on the Warlock, yeah? The, the dwarf nods, who's put it down, Borstig says. I I have a proposal for you. I give since you are you are friends, you have proved that. I give you the choice. You have heard that the one of the reasons we have tried to keep the misery's end's existence a secret is because it is a powerful item that evildoers would seek. It is clear to me that we cannot simply hide it here any longer, now the enemy knows that it's here, so I give you the choice, you can take this, and he gestures at the stuff that's on the, the animal skin, he says, or I will give in to your custody, misery's end, on the understanding that you will take it far from here, and you will keep it safe. What say you?
1: What does everyone think?
3: Well, I'm not sure the value of these these gems in your current in our current situation. Um,
1: okay. Gems always always have a value.
0: Yeah, Leopold, you looking it over? You reckon between the I mean, some of the gems are a bit smaller, some of them are a bit bigger. There's like six of them. You reckon that there's about Give or take on the sort of open market, you reckon you could get like 650, 700 gold pieces for them. Easy. What would the ring be worth? You're not sure. I mean, the actual like value of the gold in the ring, mm-hmm. yeah, you could appraise that. I mean, it's not worth a terrible amount because it's just like a small plain gold band. But obviously, you don't really know a lot about enchantments, so you're not sure how that would affect the value or even if you could find someone to sell it to because like, most people are well suspicious of like magic. Mm-hmm. So you're not sure about the ring, okay. And obviously the the sort of clay vial, you don't know what's in it, so you've no idea what that. No right.
2: Does it look similar to other clay vials that we've collected?
0: It, it looks like a standard sort of small clay vial for holding a liquid, with like a cork in it, okay. like like a mini amphora basically.
1: Probably something to save his wizardy ass. Hmm in times of need
3: I thought our I thought our village uh, where we came from was you know pretty remote and there wasn't many people we trade that we could trade with at the moment that's true so I'm not sure the value of gems if you've got no one to trade them with or sell them to where
1: whereas... you you keep them in store for a day when well, that's—I mean,
0: Leopold's Things basically improve. Leopold's basically saying, "This is how much I could get for him if I could find someone to trade him with." But yeah, like yeah. you say, I mean, part of the reason why you were you're asking Hercules Buchanan to set up his like trading outfit near your village was because at the minute trade is pretty sparse.
3: All—all mm-hmm. all I'm saying is a, a mystical weapon that was sought by obviously someone much more powerful than this sorcerer must also be of great worth and rarity indeed um, and would potentially aid us in our fight against the evils of this land indeed
0: it would come up much responsibility though B- Borstig nods and says you, you speak wisely carrying such a such an item is challenging there is a there is a reason we do not wield it lightly if it is known that one possesses such a thing, it can attract the wrong sort of attention. You have seen the 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 warlock's attack on us was motivated by his greed and his desire for this this item that we prize, and that is with why I great leave.
1: power comes great responsibility there is Indeed. no doubt.
0: I was told the same by my uncle Ben. Stig.
4: Good stream everyone. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: sounds we
2: What will you do with it if we don't take it with us?
0: I will deliver it into the hands of one of my people who I trust and I will have them with some of my people take it far from this island to see if they can find it a suitable place of concealment we are we are not well travelled for many generations we have not left this island but we we can no longer allow Misery's End to rest here
2: okay so I will turn to Leo and kind of drag him to the side a little and just go I think this is your choice, as they are your people um but the number of evils that we have to face are growing, and they're they're growing in strength um and such a an
1: artifact might be useful. you think we could bring it to bear? I do,
2: but and not without risk you know should we misstep and it fell into the wrong hands I, I hate to think what could come of
1: such a mistake so you're well why Mark Malcolm Lomas should myself, Leopold, offer to take up this thing from my fellow dwarves.
2: I believe so. I believe that the dangers that we face to tame this land and to prevent the recurrence of previous mistakes will require much power that we do not currently have and much knowledge that we do not currently have. And I believe that this artifact may
1: give us both. Well, they seem like they've grown tired of, uh, uh, maybe not tired is the word, but they've, uh, it's been a burden on them for some time. Fatigued. Yeah. I feel Leander
3: has presented us with this opportunity, and I feel that we should not waste it. All right.
0: <clears throat> as you say, uh, that Borstig looks at you with a low and he says, "What? What is Leander? Why
1: are we not? Why are we not Borstig, Leopold? We're representing our assembled throng. We'll take up the burden." And uh, carry it forth from here, and uh, you need concern yourselves no longer. We, we can take it in our safe keeping.
0: He, he, look, he nods, look, points towards one of the other frost dwarves and says, Hanvas, take those two, bring forth misery's end. At which point they head off, and about 15 minutes later. They come back in so very reverently. The one identified as Hanvas is carrying this like large warhammer, with the end of which appears to be made out of this strange sort of cyan coloured stone, and there's like dwarven runes inscribed all along the sort of wooden haft and Ooh, carved yeah. into the actual hammerhead itself. And they they literally move forward and they're sort of like holding it up to you.
1: I'll like uh, roll up there and maybe like kneel down or something and um, offer up some words of thanks to the ancestors Uh, solemnly take it off them with some oaths of assurance that it will not fall into the hands of the unworthy
0: and uh will kick some ass. Okay. Yeah. You you take Misery's end this dwarven warhammer, and although it it has got some weight to it, it's not it doesn't weigh as much as you would expect it to, given like how big it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's not like double-handed or anything, but it's like hefty. And you super well balanced. At, at which point um, Borstig nods approvingly, and um, obviously you take like a few like experimental like swings of it you know getting the weight of it and whatever. And yeah. Borstiglatt like, leans down next to your ear, and then he, in a bit, in an almost like slightly mischievous voice, he says, "Throw it." What now? Yes, and he he points at <laughs> he points at like an em- he points at <laughs> an empty table that was occupied by Hanvas and the others who haven't sat back down again yet. All right. Okay, then, if you are sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll f- I'll, uh, I'll throw it
0: at a you know uh, call out a target and throw it. Yep, yeah, you throw it at the table and it like smashes into the table, and then like you're sort of stretched out like that having just thrown it. And then before you can pull your hand back in, the hammer actually like flies back into your hand. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Oh, oh. oh,
0: ah,
1: excellent. Hmm, uh, a fine weapon. At least you won't see... lose it. Ah, uh, indeed. <laughs> I can see this proving most useful in our endeavors.
0: Indeed, and if you check your inventory, you will see that I have added Misery's End to your carriage sheet. Ah, uh, given that it indeed, can be, given that it can be thrown, it can be used as both a melee and a ranged weapon oh cool uh john while
3: i was going to get this mighty weapon i wanted to just just say to the leader of the dwarfs um whilst we were at the the great stone Mm -hmm. off to the west we we noticed or we um managed to find out that these mutant creatures were being controlled by this tagrid and um I feel that now that he's been defeated, they may have returned to their normal selves or at least controlled or at least gained control of their minds once again. And perhaps you should call off your your, your fellow dwarfs um, from any attacks against them and unnecessary loss of life on either side. You, you should be able to negotiate...
0: A piece, he he nods and says, I I will consider your words. Okay, I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, take my leave and sit back down, sort of thing.
1: Has he got any injured folk that we could assist in any way? Or,
0: yeah, there's a few like injured people, and you sort of obviously they've got their own sort of like herbalists and whatever, but you guys help to patch them up. And as we're sort of like drawing this scene and indeed the session to a close, is that but Borstig basically stands up and he gives a big speech, basically saying that although they're still a few in numbers, it's time for his people to move out of the the barrow onto the island proper. That they they now obviously know that the stone needs protecting. That he's not sure whether they have the numbers and the strength to protect it, but. They will do what they can, and he gets like a sort of a bit of a cheer for that. But like looking around, you're like, you're like, all right, there's maybe twenty four of them left. Yeah,
1: well, I wonder. I just wonder if I could send back word somehow at some point to the to my my cronies (laughs) back in the motherland. Uh, You know, for any. Uh, sort of uh, adventurous types that might want to uh, bolster these guys. You you in, certainly in, could do. Obviously,
0: yeah. either you or like you'd have to give a message to someone who was getting on a ship going back to Rohanin, which would take like a fair old amount of time. So they would have to get back, round people up, get them back to Valconan. So you could do it, but obviously you'd have to like you'd have to find a ship and find someone to take a message. Or... Yeah,
1: I I'll maybe just have. I'll have to crack with these guys and see if they would be, you know, open to that suggestion that, you know, there's a few, maybe, back where I'm from, there's some displaced um, dwarves that that are of an adventurous spirit that might be able to come over here and bolster your number. And... Yeah,
0: but Borstig seems, seems quite up for that. Uh, since he's, he's obviously clocked the, like, you and he are like similar, albeit there's some physical differences. It's like a yes, it would be good to to, to meet more of our cousins from the the south. And who knows, perhaps with increased numbers, we can mm. we can remake this island so it is no longer a place of fear and witchery. Perhaps it could be a new home for our people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well we we we, we dwelt here one once upon a time and maybe it's time for a, a return. Indeed, and, uh, and, and, and you say and, you and, you can a meeting organ- of minds. You
0: say you can, you can make this happen.
1: I uh, I can certainly endeavour to do that. There are many like-minded uh, brothers like myself who are keen to explore the uh, the old lands, and uh, with with my. Uh, uh, information. I I could message them and send a mess send word to them, and perhaps they would rally to the cause. Uh, you know, with 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 these tales of daring do and uh, the need of their their brothers across the seas, perhaps they would rally to the cause as as true dwarfs.
0: He he, he smiles and he like claps you on the shoulder in like a. A friendly fashion and he says uh, it, "Then it is good that Misery's end has Passed to you for, ah. per, for Perhaps with With our victory here And with more Of our cousins To re- help us Rebuild perhaps Our own misery has finally Come to an end Indeed And that is also where we end the session For this evening so skull, and indeed a rousing cheer goes up you are all proclaimed as friends of the frost dwarves and you are told that for as long as you live you will be welcome on this island that they they're basically they're saying that are oh, they going to rename it? it's no longer going to be which are they going to rebuild it and make it something good and sort of build a new homeland for themselves rather than it being the haunted undead ruins that it is. And they say that you will always have a place in their halls and you will always be regarded as friends of their people. And there's a rousing cheer, much drinking, and we fade to black as the the Frost Dwarves, having finished their laments, now begin to sing hopeful songs of the future and of the bravery of their new allies. And that is where we actually end the session. So thank you very much for playing, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah
2: man.
4: Thank so, you. John. Thank, yeah, thanks yep. for running it.
0: Yep. Indeed. And obviously we will sort out XP and the like shortly. But for now, I'm going to end the stream. So thank you to anyone who's watching this either now or in the future. And obviously thanks again to my wonderful players. I've thoroughly enjoyed running the session. And hopefully we'll catch you for the next one. So take care. Bye. <gasps>